You're listening to the Cornish Soccer Rappo and Deke's Friday Fix. Welcome to your Rappo and Deke's Friday Fix. It's the 2nd of December 2022 and uh, providing he's not out Christmas shopping, here's Rappo. Afternoon, Deeks. You all right, mate? Not not much to talk about, have we? Well, <laughs> well, it was a little bit wet last Saturday, wasn't it? So um, most yeah. most of last Saturday's football was uh, scratched out, but um, we'll find something to talk about, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely, mate. Happy happy December to you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've just I've just come back from popping in the Tesco's, and already it's mad in there. I mean, it's it's only now early December, yeah. and everyone. Oh, I, don't I, know. I don't know. But yeah, it seems to get earlier every year, Dicks, doesn't it? The old Christmas. Yeah. It's about six weeks now, isn't it? Christmas. <laughs> C- call me humbug, I think. So. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Right. <laughs> now, as you said, um, not too much to uh, talk about that happened last Saturday, but um, one thing that did happen on Monday was the old um, book launch of Steve Massey's book, Where's My Towel? And uh, we were yeah. both there, weren't we? Yeah, brilliant night, Dicks, wasn't it? You know, went went really well. I'm delighted for Mass, mate. You know, I mean, I, you know, there's not many people in Cornish football that could fill a room of Cornish football legends like that, Dicks, is there? <laughs> like, you know, I mean, you know, I think it shows, you know, what sort of respect we've all got for Mass, mate. You know, all the love and respect for him, mate, you know, as a player and a, and a bloke, mate. And, yeah, and a, and a manager, obviously, mate. You know, thirty. Well, like Ray, Ray said, mate. Ray Rose, Mass has been here for half his life now, mate. Any yeah, That's right. <laughs> okay. Well, so, that, yeah, great night. Yeah, it's a great night. Uh, I was there, obviously, sticking a microphone under various people's noses. Um, I reckon I spoke to about thirty-seven ex-footballers, right. most of them ex-footballers. Ray Rose, a referee and a and secretary of Truro City. Um, so yeah, loads of people we spoke to that. It's going to be coming out, uh, well, I would imagine by the time you listen to this podcast, Piran Films have brought out something by then, I'm, I'm led to believe. But Mark Huckle very kindly sent me some of the uh, interview clips that I carried out. And it's just a sample of uh, what um, some legends in themselves think about another legend, Steve Massey. Now, who is this man? <laughs> a striker that scored a few goals in his in his playing days, Stuart Yetton. Uh, I think Steve brought you to Truro, didn't he? He did. did uh, I was just mentioning to Harv's a moment ago, telling the story of um, when I first signed, and he, he courted me for a few months before when he when he had uh, taken back over. And uh, it was a time when when uh, Kevin Heaney was in charge, and I think a lot of people didn't quite believe what they were trying to do. And Massey sold me the dream over a, <laughs> over a few months. And um, yeah, he's a very uh, enigmatic eccentric guy as anybody who knows him will will attest to and yeah I had a, a really good relationship with him. I was only very young at the time as well so um, yeah, and he always treated me with a lot of respect and uh, yeah that was how our relationship first started and uh, ever since then we've we've obviously remained good friends and, and he's followed my career and I've certainly followed his and what a servant for, for local sort of Cornish football and in the southwest as well as a great playing career as well and the big question is who scored the more goals? Oh, me, hands down. Um, 
he might have scored a few more at a higher level, mine, but uh, but we, we won't talk about that too much. Now, um, now he's listening. He's had a fantastic career. I was, I was just having a little read of his program as well, and you know, illustrious playing career at, um, as a professional, and then and then obviously down to Cornwall after. And you, you know, anyone who, who's, who's been in around local local football in Cornwall will, will know how much of a, a character and a big name he is. Now, Rob Troon and Steve Massey. What's the connection? Uh, well, Steve brought me to Truro when I was 17. Um, he actually left the same season to take over Cornwall. Um, proceeded to give me my Cornwall debut at 17 as well. Um, and that was sort of where our journey finished until we took over at Falmouth Town when I'd sort of left Truro to join Falmouth a few years later. Um, yeah, so played for Steve three times, twice at Truro, sorry, once at Truro, twice at Falmouth. Um, yeah, for about five or six years, I guess, in total. So you must have enjoyed something about it, the fact that you always <laughs> signed for him. Well, yeah, you could say that. It was closer to home, I would say, than the other places I got offers from. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Steve is always a good manager. He was very good at talking to the players and, and, and very good tactically. And, yeah, I mean, he, he brought that aura to the, to the team that, that players love to... Uh, sort of yeah be part of um so yeah a really good manager yeah and um, one of one of, the, one of the best managers i've probably played under in cornwall yeah and um i'm, I'm back i'm back sort of at healthy now with my with my kids both my kids play there so um my, my youngest one is sort of in the in the under 16s which is the next sort of group of players he's looking to sort of bring through into into the adult game and steve watches most of those games doesn't he, does, he? and he runs the line as well so yeah he really chips in yeah yeah what's he like as a linesman fair yeah fair <laughs> <laughs> you had to say that, didn't you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's your official title? Assistant manager? Yes, that's right. Yeah, yes. correct. So, Dan, Steve Massey, tell me about him. Uh, yeah, I think Matty just touched upon it. He's a... Uh one of the most genuine guys you'd probably come across in in, in football. Uh, he's got a heart of gold, 100%. He'd do anything for anyone. Probably gets a bit of criticism that is probably undeserved at times. Um, but yeah, he's um, he's got a heart of gold and would do anything for anyone. So, And is he on the phone to you a lot or not? Uh, to be fair, not a lot. Obviously, that, that's me and Matty. Really lucky. Yeah. <laughs> when he is on the phone, it is a long time, though. Um, but yeah, no, that's just uh, me and Matty speak a lot, obviously, Matty being the manager. Um, but yeah, we catch up every now and then, me and Mass. We've caught up this week, obviously, with his, with his books at um, Wrexham and Stockport. He's been the last couple of weeks, so we've had a little chat about that. Um, but yeah, like you said, when, when it is, when you do speak to him, it's, um, it's an enthralling conversation and it's definitely football-driven. Yeah, football-driven. D- d- did you know much about his professional career, though? Um, no, he's told me a lot about it in the last couple of weeks. Um, uh, great. Uh, you look back on it, and, and the stories he's got are, are unbelievable, really. He's Wrexham's top European goal scorer with four goals, I think he said. I think I offended him the other week when I said it was just the one. Uh, he swiftly reminded me it's it's four goals that he's got for Wrexham in the uh, Cup Winners' Cup, I think it was. Um, and some of the stories he's got with playing like, with players like George Best, Bobby Charlton, etc. Um, play for his hometown club at Stockport, etc. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's good. Well, Ray Rowe, I can picture a photograph now of you standing over Steve as he was signing for the club. Um, can you recall that day I very well? I can recall it. 1988. That's 34 years ago. And that's half of Steve's age. So that's how long he's been in the county. So what made the club sign him? Um... Uh, mainly because he wanted to play for us 
uh, it, this may come up later on, because th the choice was fun for us, and he chose us, which was very surprising at the time, because um, we were like nowhere in the league, and uh, it's just his personality and his record. Um, and for that calibre of player to come to Cornwall, because you, I mean, had the holiday camp down at Mullion, and uh, we were just it just it just took off, just took off, and um, his personality was such that unbelievable. He's not not everybody's cup of tea. Uh, a bit more on my character, but for me, he's a dear friend. Yeah. And it, it must be well the best signing true city you've ever made ever. Ever, ever. Um, when I asked the question, who was the best striker in the, in the county? It's him. It's got to be him. Um, the first game played for us was evening game Penzance. Uh, we won 4-3. And Steve scored four goals. And we thought, what the hell have we got here? Like, you know? <laughs> and the rest was, the rest was history, really. And, and that particular season, it was equal goal scorer in the Southwestern League. And I got a bit of stick for that because uh, there was an own goal scored at Millbrook. And being an honest lad, it was an own goal. Right. And but it should have gone to the striker. At the end of the day, I should put Steve's... No, <laughs> I wouldn't do that. I'm not that sort of person anyway, so... Yeah. Some lovely battles with Steve um, over the years. Both hated each other, both loved each other. Um, absolutely, obviously, delighted to get an invite from him. Um, but yeah, just just one of those characters that you just wanted to uh, have a little ding dong with through the game, um, and he and he loved it as well. Is that because he was a big time Charlie? Is it? Well, once I, I didn't know it was a big time Charlie. I only just sort of found that out just recently. But no, it, it's he, he was a winner, just like I was. He wanted what I wanted. Um, you both set your teams out to win, and on and off, like I say, on the pitch hated him. Off the pitch, he's a he's a nice bloke, just like everybody else. So. You know, just a big, big winner. And, you know, he deserves this tonight, you know, so um, it's well-deserved. Yeah, he's he's a good character, really good character. And I, and I was fortunate to play under him under Cornwall. Oh, so. yes. yes. Were you in the game where Lee Harvey scored three or not? Not that one. That was when my wife was pregnant and I couldn't go. So I had to stay home. It was the only trip that I was meant to go on and <laughs> didn't go. But now I played with Steve a couple of times in the county. He called me in and, um, yeah, it was it was enjoyable. You know, and then, then you go on to management and then you come up against him. But real character, winner and everything he's saying there is what he did on the pitch. And I, I, I'll be honest with you, I didn't know that he played at Pro Level. And that's, that's honest to God, I didn't know that. Where have you been? Hiding, mate. I'm just a little <laughs> corner boy, corners boy. <laughs> but no, he's, you know, he deserves tonight, like I said, you know, some great, great battles against him, you know. Come out on top sometimes, come on, you know, on the losing side. We always had respect for each other, always shook hands and got on with that at the end of the day. If he's done what he's done and then come down to Cornwall and done what he's done, fantastic. And he's brought a lot to Cornish football. Get one of his books, then you'll know all about him. Yeah, hopefully he's written nothing about me in there. <laughs> Steve's a great bloke, great bloke. He looks after all of us, looks after all of us. Top bloke. Simple as that, really. Is that it? That's it. Simple as that. Ooh. He's a top bloke. Love the bloke. Why is he so top? He's, he is the top of the top. Believe me now. Graham Kirkup, tell us tell us some real stories about Steve Massey. 
Oh goodness! I mean, I mean, for me, for me, um, I was aware Steve had come down to Truro from the pro game, so I was aware of him in it. And in my background as a very young footballer at Exeter City, uh, I played against Steve when he was at Hull City. Now, what was he like? Well. You know how he always looked a million dollars and still does, and and I don't know where the age thing's gone with him because it hasn't affected him, but um, he always looked a million dollars, and of course me as a young player, if ever you saw somebody with a beautiful hairdo, you wanted to kick them. And in the early 80s, there was a lot of mullets and um, perms, and Steve was one of them that attracted the aggressive side of your football. So I remember playing against him where I thought I'm going to kick him because he's a poser. And honestly, he was such a good footballer up front for Hull that I mean, we lost 3-1 three, three, up there, and he scored one and made probably two, I think, because he just tore us to pieces. And I was trying to kick him, but I couldn't get close to him. So years later, of course, he's gone to Truro. Now, uh, Ricky Cardew brought me down to Bodmin to play initially, and I had no idea about what the South Western League would be about, and I'd played Western League with a lot of ex-pros from Torquay, um, Exeter and Plymouth Argyle, so that was a very good standard, very physical standard. So I come down to Cornwall where I'd played uh, briefly for Ricky, um, but the one thing that stands out to me about Steve and his infectious sort of nature around football is um, we were playing and going for the league and it was Bodman's first ever championship they won and Steve was playing up front for Truro on the night and and we went on to win the game 2-0 but during the game um, while he's running back and forward across the line as he always did he led the line looking for a gap um, when I won a tackle and sent the ball like 40 yards to a winger he was talking me through the game saying you've got some class you you you, you know and that's amazing that's amazing and and the way you organise, I said, do you mind letting us get on with the game? He said, no, he said, I've got to sign you. He said, I've got to sign you. He said, so Morris, I think, was stepping down at that point, ready for next year, and Steve was going to take over. So he said, I'm coming for you in the summer. So it's the most bizarre end to a football game I've ever had. For the last 25 minutes, he kept running past me saying, will you sign for me? Will you sign for me? How much will it cost? I said, what do you mean? It's whether I want to come. And he's going, no, no, I've got to sign you. I've got to sign you. So everything I did, he kept complimenting me. I've never had that. Uh. Apart from Rappo, who I know is here tonight, who was the nicest centre forward in football, because even when you fouled him, he said he was sorry. <laughs> but he was obviously so nice, every now and again he'd get away from you and score, wouldn't he? But, but yeah, but that was my bizarre story with Steve. And I think the rest for him was his desire to succeed for the club. And he'd been there a few years with Morris, and I'm so pleased, and I know Morris has got a mention tonight. And, you know, when I arrived, and I've seen some of the uh, originals, as I call them, with the Chris Webbs who are here, Mark Simons is here, Dave, Dave Street's here, and they were the originals when I arrived. And, you know, Truro is, is, is the city of Cornwall. Of course, their football team had been languishing a bit since 1980s, I think, was the last trophy. So for me... The desire Steve had with one or two of those sign-ins, it wasn't necessarily going to be instant, but I think um, footballers like to hang on to any achievement, don't they? And we finished fourth in that first season, and I wasn't happy with that, having won the league the year before with Bodmin. 
but we finished fourth. But it was a stepping stone, and it was the highest position for a number of years. Of course, then we go on and win a double, which I think has been talked about an awful lot. And, you know, we're talking uh, over 30 years sort of thing, the 30th anniversary and that. And, and how amazing that that was the start of a journey. And, you know, I know we see Truro today top of their league and progressing up levels, which is brilliant. And if you've had time with the club, and, and I certainly had 10 years altogether, you know, you can't help but build a love for the club. You've seen a lot of turnover of players and managers. But if you talk about the love of the game and settling in Cornwall and, and, and having a passion for Cornwall, you know, Steve Massey has got that, even though he's a long way from Stockport. You know, my Cornish uh, caps that I've got, you know, appearances, you know, people just think it's bizarre that you're a Geordie playing for Cornwall. But it was the passion that people like Steve brought, you know, other, other amazing guys I met through local football, Trevor Mutant, people like that, you know, so successful, so passionate. And, you know, and I always played my football, as you know, uh, very vocally, but with passion. And I've seen people like Rob Troon tonight, who, you know, as an 18-year-old boy, played next to me, and Nigel Pugh did everything that was asked of him, and, and, and we win the league at the double, and we end up with the lowest goals conceded ever, I think, at that point. You know, and how amazing is that? And it's so nice to see, because even when you back away from football, as I've done through sort of family circumstances, what, what you get is, as soon as you walk into a room full of people with love and passion for football, it's like you're back in the dressing room and there's nothing better. Dave Street, most capped player in Cornwall. So what can you tell us about when Steve Massey joined Truro? Well, Steve, as you know, I got a barber shop in Truro and had a gentleman come in the shop and said that he had relatives in Mullion and the chap had just taken over the holiday camp uh, used to play professional football so I thought I think I'll give Morris a ring which I did and to Morris's credit he went straight down to Mullion and as he walked in I believe Dave Ward was walking out he was manager of Fortnite but I think Steve liked the look of Morris and the rest is history he signed and uh, his first game was Penzance at home and I thought having played for Nuki we used to get ex-pros so they said or yeah. coming up and not very good and I thought this might be the same with Steve four goals that night he scored and uh, class act so he's a special player yeah. and at that time did you think oh he's going to be in the, involved in the game for 30 years hence or was it just a sort of come here play and disappear again difficult to say because I've seen it before but he is you know he's, he's been fantastic for Truro City um, but someone else I'd like to say when I was playing for Truro and Steve was manager my father passed away and six months later just out of the blue I got a phone call Steve said how's your mum doing and I said, well, actually, she's struggling, Steve. He said, right. He said, well, I'm booking you in to my holiday camp in Head, is it? For a week on me. And I thought a lot of that, and that's why I got my utmost respect. Yeah. And I did her a world ago. So that's my memories of Steve. Yes, just a snippet there of um, 
some of the people that I spoke to on Monday. Good to see the likes of Graham Kirk up, wasn't it, rapper? Ah, oh, brilliant to see Kirky Deeks, wasn't it? It was uh, and Streeter, mate. You know, you, you you put a nice mix together there, mate. It's some proper sort of Trora City legends, really. There, Deeks, something you? And then Gilby chucked in as well. It, yeah, it, it was, mate. I, yeah, I, I've got to be honest, Deeks. Like, if, if you mentioned everyone, it was so good to see the other night, mate. You, <laughs> you'd be here all day, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, that's you know, right. It was so to see so many old faces mate and yeah I mean Kirky's like class mate and he what a what a top bloke mate lovely to see him and yeah it's such a good night Dick. you know just lovely to see all them old fa- I gotta be honest mate I was I was trying to think back when I when I saw you know there was a room full of like Cornish legends like that mate of you know football legends and and it was you know I don't know if you remember it mate me you know my old mate Dave Gardner you know Spaz Spaz, yeah Spaz is like funeral mate you know black god bless him you know like nearly 20 years ago now and I remember going back to Port Leven Clubhouse after Dix and you know looking around the room like I think it was me and Tommy or or George mate we was looking around the room mate and we saying flipping out you could you could pick like five Cornwall teams you know on that day mate you know everyone come out to show their respect for Spaz on that day mate on that horrible day but but and and sort of Monday night sort of reminded me a little bit of that mate you know I was looking around the room thinking crikey there's so many good players sort of past and present in that room Deeks weren't there from from right back to like the 70s even mate wasn't it you you think of Streeter you know the most capped sort of Cornish player in his prime and you know right to the present day really so it's a yeah I think you know Masters you know, it, it's just nice to see everyone, you know, show their respect for, for Mass, mate, wasn't it, on Monday night. And, you know, what a ring, what a ring for a, a great footballers, mate, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. So uh, so that was Monday. Uh, that's, uh, that, that clip that we've just played really is the total sum of our guests this week. Uh, again, because of the World Cup, mainly so much football going on on telly and whatever. Yeah. I, I've uh, given all our guests a, a couple of weeks off, but we're back well, we're back flowing with big names next week. Um, guess who we've got, Rappo? No, no, I'm oh, not. No, I'm, not I'm not going to. You know, <laughs> that's an open too far. Too much of an open question. We have got an assistant referee from the Premier League. Oh no, mate. back with a bang, Deeks, isn't it? You, you've pulled, you've pulled one out of the bag here, mate, haven't you? <laughs> pulled one out of the bag. <laughs> yeah, the uh, Simon Long will be talking to us next week on the podcast, um, so that'll be an interesting one to to uh, kickstart the rest yeah. of the season, won't it? Yeah, it will, mate. I'll, you can ask him who the who the Premier League manager that gives him the most grief is, <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm not, I don't think it's fair to put him under the spotlight. Um, he'll no, probably, no. he'll just mention Darren Gilbert, I expect, anyway. So, you know, why, why would he mention yeah. the Premier League manager? But, uh, <laughs> but, Gil, Gilbert would take a bit of beating, mate, would he? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so that's Simon on next week and uh, we'll get back into the flow of things. Um and, uh, well, that's something to look forward to. In the meantime, shall we start going through the leagues? Yeah, go for it, Dakes. Go for it, mate. Have you, have you been enjoying the World Cup, mate? You've been enjoying it? Uh, yes. and yeah. Well, yes, I have. Um, it's, obviously, it gets more interesting now, doesn't it, with basically yeah. everyone knowing what they've got to do and uh, just the remaining couple group games left. Uh you know, the, yeah. the, it's like yesterday, wasn't it? Interesting that uh, Poland didn't know 
whether they'd qualified <laughs> until obviously the other game had finished. And, uh, you, you know, yeah. you, you have to choose what game you're going to watch now, don't you? Yeah, that yeah, I hate that bit of it, mate. You know, after enjoying sort of four games a day, mate, for <laughs> for sort of eight days, you got to sort of pick and choose your games now. And and like, it's not so much fun watching them when you know the score after, is it? But yeah. but a uh, few few nil nil sticks, wasn't there early on? You know, which weren't great. But I suppose it's, it is still hot out there, mate. Even with the air conditioned grounds and all, mate, in it. So you know, the early games seem to be quite slow paced, didn't they? Some of them, but. But some cracking games, mate. And like you said, it's only going to get better now, mate, isn't it? Like Poland last night, Deeks, you know, lost 2-0, went through. Mexico won 2-1 and went out. Yeah. That's the the joy of the World Cup. Yeah, it is, isn't it, mate? Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, obviously the World Cup still going on um, for, well, a couple of weeks yet, isn't it? Um, But in the meantime, so is the Southern League. Well, we start our look through the various leagues with uh, Truro City in the Southern League Premier South. And sadly, Cam Weldon, the unbeaten run in the league is over, isn't it? Yeah, it is, Dave. It was a um, frustrating afternoon at Chesham, uh, to say the very least. Um, and we, we, as you say, we've lost our unbeaten record, three-one uh, away defeat, which is um, wasn't the result we wanted. And um, it was a, it was. We always knew it was going to be a tough afternoon for us. I've said last week, Chesham is. Um, notorious for being a difficult place to go and it's one of those where it's we never we never seem to do well there Dave I'm not sure for whatever reason it's I've never been there and I, I think I've been there three four times I've never seen us win and it's always it's always a uh, it's a horrible place to go and um yeah it's one of those just didn't it nothing fell for us on the afternoon Dave really it was a this, we got off to a it was we didn't really start very well Dave and I think when when that happens you sort of it puts you under well pressure early on, and um, gotta give Chesham credit where credits due. They did well. They had a couple of chances that I think they had a shot over the bar, and then uh, City had a chance, but they got their goal, which was a bit frustrating. Goals concede. The first goal was a bit of a twenty minutes gone, a counter attack from us um, that didn't. We we had the ball in and in, in an attacking area, and they counter attack quickly. Chesham, and it is a well worked goal in fairness, but we found ourselves one on one and. Um, Put cost us defensively really and the shot across goal Hammy pushes it out and um, he'll probably be disappointed he hasn't managed to keep a hold of it and then the, the strikers just had a simple tap in from a couple of yards out for 1-0 and you're thinking oh, okay we've, we've got a chance here but then um, we, it was sort of like a moment 10 minutes where nothing went our way after that day but it was one where um, Adam Porter picks up the ball and he's done really well um, Ports and he's managed to get shrug off his man and he's and it He's just bit, it's hard to for me, for me it's just outside the area um, but he's been clipped just on the edge of the area There's, obviously some people call it for a penalty oh, for me it's a free kick but the referee's given nothing and it's one of those you look at it and think he's been just hacked out and I don't think there's much there's any I don't think there was any complaints from the defender either but the referee's just adamant that there's nothing in it and um, and that's one like okay frustrating but we go on and then poor Dan Sullivan's uh, pulled his hamstring which again isn't ideal. He's danced. Sully's a regular uh, fixture for us in that midfield, and he's um. So that was obviously disappointing to see a player go off injured. Hopefully that's not um, too serious. But again, it was one that he didn't really want to take the precaution with that. Um, so he, that was a, a blow to the, the game plan. He went off, and then Chesham got given a penalty, which was I'm sure everyone's seen it over social media the last week or so. It's been a bit of a um, 
a, a weird one, but Ed Palmer's been shown a straight red card and a penalty has been awarded to Chesham for, well, I'm not going to comment really too much on, on the decision day, but I think, as I said, we've all seen it. and it's. Um, I don't think anyone can really have too many complaints with the decision as if the referee's made a complete mess up of the idea, to be honest with you, Dave. It's one word. It's hard to describe quite... Um, quite frankly, what he's what he's seen in that one, but he's deemed that, especially where he in his eyes, we were told afterwards it was violent conduct and the elbows to the head and stuff. So <laughs> it's um, um, that was what he said. Having looked back on the footage, there's, that's obviously definitely not the case, and the Chesham guys made a bit of a meal out of it. But um, that that happens in instances like that happen, as I said in football, and um, unfortunately for us, Ed was shown a straight red card, which was not ideal. That's thankfully since been rescinded this week which is obviously a big bonus and a bit of justice for him really because I did feel sorry for him because it's one way you look at it I think he's done nothing wrong there um, if it, it, if it, it might be it's one of those it could be a foul could be deemed as a foul but certainly for me it's not it's never a red card offence and um, but yeah that was that was unfortunately given Ed was sent his marching orders and then Chesham doubled the leaf in the penalty spot um, Edwards the same guy who scored the first scored the second and well taken penalty must be said sent sent Hammy the wrong way um, and it was one of those we just sort of 2-0 down down to 10 men it was always going to be a tough ask as I said che- even with 11 men going to Chesham's never easy and um, to go there with 10 men after just half hour it's never it was always going to be a bit of problems um, there and Chesham got a third goal just before half time and this one yeah, it's a well taken finish Dave there's no, no hiding from that he's taken near post shot that's gone I think it's gone through Hammy's legs. It's hard to see where it's a tight angle. Even the the shot is low and hard and goes into the the far corner from a tight angle. So three 0 at half time. And although we were frustrated about the penalty and stuff, I, I don't think we had too many complaints really um, on the scoreline. Give Chesham credit where credit's due. They played some good stuff and they were deservedly ahead. But one thing I've said about Truro all season is they've got this like never never say die attitude and. Even with ten men, I thought City came out and probably the better team in the second half, Dave. And they really, um, they gave it a real good go, and they got a goal back on the half hour mark, um, on the uh, sorry, on the hour mark. And Ty Tyler Harvey got his 18th goal of the season. What a record he's on! 18 in 17, Dave. That's, I'm sure that's one that Rappo will appreciate. But mm. um, his goal was again long ball forward, um, and the goalkeeper's well, he's messed it up, Dave. It must be said the <laughs> Sam in goal. Um, Sam Besant's probably well known for oh, yeah. ex-Chelsea goalkeepers. Dave Besant? Yeah, yeah. Is that the one? Yeah, yeah. Um, that's his son, Sam. So um, he's a, not the most popular character amongst Truro supporters. But um, yeah, he it was a ball into the box. And he sort of, it's basically a simple punch from really, Dave. And he's completely misread the flight of the ball. It's, land, it's hit Rocky on the leg. And Rocky sort of diverted it towards back into like a attacking area. And Ty's just there to... Snap the well, smash the ball home from close range. So um, that's three one, and there was a real sense Truro could probably get back into the game, Dave, even with ten men. I thought we we gave it a good go and uh, gave it a good go and give Besant credit after I just slated him there for his punch, but um, <laughs> he made a great double save to deny Ty first from a header, um, and then he's so he's got Ty's managed to get his head head on a cross and it's it's a low cross and Besant's got down to it, pushed it away, then Ty's managed to get to the rebound first. Um and the rebounds again his reaction safe to get up and save it. But then I think the ball after that is recycled out and it comes to Matt Wright who's got a header um from close range. We can't really get the power behind E once it's cleared off the line. But because it, it's one of those that would have been uh three two with about just over ten minutes to go and you know anything could have happened there. But um unfortunately that wasn't the case and 
the game sort of petered out a little bit, really. Um, Matt Wright was shown a second red card. It was a, Matt Wright was shown a straight red, which was, um, again, it was an incident. I think it was a ball in, it was a high ball and um, both players went for it. And I think Matt went for it as well. And they deemed, the referee deemed he went for it with his arm and um, he was shown a straight red there, which was... Um, frustrating very frustrating I, I spoke to Matt after the game and he was he was adamant that um he he didn't lead with his elbow but obviously if the referee and the officials deemed deemed different and um ultimately we we lost 3-1 which was a, a shame to lose our unbeaten record but I think um it was one of those it was it was always going to be a tough when, when you get reduced to 10 men so early on it was always going to be a tough ask but um credit must be given to the lads on um, that they kept going really Dave and they, they did make a game of it in the end because that could easily have petered out and we could have got absolutely hammered there but um, the lads kept fighting and um, even with obviously injuries and suspensions and stuff it was a um, it was a ultimately it was a disappointing afternoon but one that um, I think it was one we just wanted to sort of get out of there as soon as possible and regroup and then try and go again next week because it puts an end to a, a brilliant unbeaten run as I said 16 games unbeaten in, in this level or in any level of football superb in it and um, especially for a team who ultimately are playing away from home um, with very little support and you look at it and think yeah credit to the, credit to the lads credit to Paul and the team they've done superbly well and it's um that won't defy our season. One result like that won't won't defy our season. And we'll no doubt, and no doubt about this, they'll bounce back. Right. And the, one good thing on the afternoon was the fact that Western Supermare lost as well, didn't they? So uh, the top two of the table both went down to defeats. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think I didn't. I just said I didn't mention that. It was one where um, that sort of made it a slightly better journey home as well. Which was, it is. It's very much like. Um, Manchester City, Liverpool, isn't it? I've said it before, but they're sort of, sort of both teams are neck and neck, and when, when one of them seems to drop points, the other one does as well. But it is—it's one of those. I think that there is a gap even between Chesham. I think Truro could have, if they beaten Chesham, they could have opened up a ten-point mm. gap between second and third. But um, I think it's only four points now. But don't, we've still got a game in hand on Chesham as well. Yeah, um, that's right. So that get, if we win, is it Beckersfield next Wednesday? If we win that, then there's a set, obviously the seven-point gaps. Uh, brought back up again it's one of those cannot, I can't really see I don't want to jinx it but it's one of those tr- seeing Truro drop that many points and Chesham going on a long unbeaten run so it is, that could certainly give a bit of um, a clearance there as, if they could get a result next week Truro but um, yeah the, the Western results certainly helped and it's one of those where you sort of wipe the afternoon off and it didn't really affect anything and we're still in the same position we're two points behind them we've got a game in hand on them as I said not only if we beat back and next week do we move clear from Cheshire but we also go back top as well which is um, obviously key so that'll be, there's a lot riding on that game but um, yeah. at the moment Dave yeah we're, it's one of those we just we write off last Saturday when we go again OK yeah top of the table looking Western Superman as you said two points ahead of Truro but Truro got that game in hand third place Chesham they move up to 38 points so they're four behind you uh, having played a game more and then Paul in fourth place uh they're seven points behind Chesham and have already played a game more than them. So so it is, uh, as you say, pretty much opening up there at the top. Uh, and hopefully it's going to be a race between Western Superman and Truro with Truro coming out on top. So uh, you mentioned Beaconsfield. That's uh, midweek uh, coming up. What about Saturday? Who have you got on Saturday? So Saturday we're we're back at Belifer. We'll we'll say back at Belifer for the first of a three um, home games day, which is a bit it's a bit of a weird one with the fixture list. But um, three home games in a week for us. Uh, be interesting to see whether 
all three of them are on with the, the weather on the pitch. So fingers <laughs> crossed that that is the case. But yeah, we've got Harrow Borough um, on Saturday, the first time we'll be playing them this season. Uh, and uh, one that we, as I said, it's one that I think Paul and the players, they'll be desperate to just probably get, they'll be wanting to get out there right now. Uh, as we're speaking on, on the Wednesday, they'll be wanting to get out there now and just try and get a game of football and look to react because this is a team who they don't like losing Dave they've got a winning mentality and um, they they wouldn't they wouldn't have taken that result very well I can imagine I'm sure a lot of them probably on the coach home weren't particularly uh, weren't pleased and they they want to get back to winning ways of a team who they want to win and they're a, they're an ambitious team as well so no doubt that um, we'll take on Harrow on the weekend looking to get back to those winning ways but Harrow a good side 16th in the league which I it's hard to say, like having seen Harrow in recent years, they are a good side and it's one where um, I'm a little surprised where, where they're at really, 16th but um, in the table. But it's not going to be an easy game. Like they, I remember last year we uh, we beat them at Belifo 2-1 but um, we were 1-0 down at half-time and we we didn't have a good half at all. Um, but credit must be given to City in the second half. Tyler scored twice. I think the, the second one was absolute beauty as well on the volley. Um, and we won 2-1. But they've got their threats, Harrow, and they caused us threats that afternoon. And they certainly did that in the reverse fix. So they actually, it was a weird game, that one. I don't know if you remember, Dave. They beat us 6-3 in London, which was a um, a crazy game. We went 1-0 up after about 30 seconds from a Tyler free kick. And then um, I think they went... 2 1 up? Uh, oh no, they went 3 1 up, and then uh, Rocky scored a quick fire brace to make it 3 0, and then second half we sort of capitulated a little bit. But um, <laughs> it's a much changed city since then, and hopefully um, we can get out there and uh, get a result. And as I said, tickets this week are again, once again, priced at just £5. So um, for this fixture, so if anybody wants a, a cheap game of football in the afternoon, then you know where to go. Right, OK, £5 to get into uh, what is it, step three football? Step three football, yeah. Yeah, so, can't be bad. And I, I, will, I will mention, Dave, it is actually a, a three o'clock kickoff because I know there's a, been a bit of, um, yeah. obviously, with the England fix, there's been a few, there's a few in our league, actually. I think I'm just looking at now Western, uh, Western Superman, Murpher, uh, Hamwell, and Gospel all kicking off at 12.30. Then you've got um, Salisbury Hendons kicking off at one o'clock. And then you've got Truro, thankfully, still at three o'clock, North Lee still at three o'clock. But, um, and bizarrely, Bracknell are playing Swindon on the Friday night as well, which will be a, an interesting one. So, yeah. um, I'm sure Mr. I'm sure Mr. Harvey will have his eyes on that game with uh, Harry Williams the, in the top goalscorers race. I think they're both level on 18 at the moment. So, oh, right. um, I'm yeah. sure Ty will be, hope, be keeping his eyes on that one. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And kickoff times throughout um, are a little bit fuzzy this sort of weekend with the with the World Cup. Um, so yeah. I would advise anyone who's going to a game anywhere in the county and, and, and for true up at Parkway, you know, check the kickoff time wherever you're going because um, I, I've seen that some clubs are even thinking about those that were kicking off early, thinking about changing it back to the normal time. So it's going to be a little bit confusing for uh, any supporters and spectators. So check those kickoff times. Um, the the game against Beaconsfield is that Tuesday, Wednesday, and what time? And tell us about that one. Yeah. Uh, so just to confirm, with the game on Saturday against Harry, that is a three o'clock kickoff um, as normal. So no change there for Truro. But uh, the Beaconsfield game Wednesday night, I said it was, a, was quite a lot riding on that game in terms of it's our game in hand, which is a, a crucial game for us. But um, that's a Wednesday night, Dave. Um, Wednesday the seventh, is it? Uh, I might be wrong. Wednesday. <laughs> Wednesday. Just say Wednesday, Wed- Cam. <laughs> yeah. Wednesday. Wednesday seventh. I'm correct, but um, yeah, it's a seven forty-five kickoff at the Lifo Park. So um, again, 
no, no real change really same as usual midweek games for Truro Wednesday nights at, at Parkway so um, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a must win game for us really again Dave so hopefully we can uh, that'll be a good we get a good result on Saturday and we can bounce back and get another good result Wednesday right okay now the reserves didn't have a game on Saturday um, but they have got one coming up haven't they yeah, so uh, reserves had a again. It's weird fixture list. Obviously, with the World Cup, I don't know whether it's planned around the World Cup or anything. Dave, it's just a, a weird fixture list. But um, yeah, Truro didn't. The reserves didn't have a game Saturday, but they've got one uh, this Saturday at Tregai Fields again. Seems to play a lot of games there recently. But um, they're playing Mausel, um, uh, Mausel Development. So never an easy, an easy fixture that one. So be interesting to see how they how they get on. Mausel, top top side. Um, I think they've had a couple of really entertaining games. I remember I think they had one where Truro came out on top last year, um, beat them, was it 4-0, something like that. Is uh, away from home, pretty certain. It was a cracking performance from them. So um, hopefully more of the same of that. But it's one of those, that's probably one of the tougher games you'll get in that league. Yeah. And, and Truro, the reserves, they've only still only lost one game in the, in the league. So uh, even though they're sort of mid-table, they've perhaps drawn a few too many. But um, So I knew that one defeat. So they're going well as well, aren't they? Oh yeah, no, definitely. They've had, um, it's one of those where they've had it. It's, it's, it's hard to really keep a track on them, really, because um, they've not played it with the exception of uh, last weekend when they drew nil nil with a Luggan or the weekend before last. Sorry, it was they've they played like three cup games in a row, so it was, it's quite hard to sort of league league sort of took a back step almost. But um, yeah, the main focus now is solely on the league, and as you say, they've only lost one game in, in the division, which again in the middle of well end of November now as we're talking, start of December. That's not not a bad feat for them either. So uh, fingers crossed they can have a, another good result on Saturday. Yeah. Now the under 18s they played on Sunday. Uh, we suggested it was going to be a tough game because they were. Um, well, playing Plymouth Parkway, who were top of the league, hundred percent record, didn't go quite so well, did it? No, four-two defeat for them, which was um, again a, a disappointing result, really. But I think um, we must give City, uh, the young City team, credit. It's, it was it was very much our under 18s team, and I know that um, I've been reliably informed as five 15-year-olds played in that in that team for sure. On, on Sunday, which is again, it's playing against um, Parkway's FA Youth Cup side, who obviously um, did quite well in the competition this season, and they were top side. So, um, and it's, cre- it's credit to Truro, really, Dave. I was like, we could easily have played a load of reserves um, on Sunday, but it was one we call it our. We've got our reserve side, we've got our under 18 side, and um, the under 18s. We we want to, and it's for that these young. We want to play the younger players, and it's a chance for them to test themselves against the top opposition. Really, it was like. It's all right beating someone seven eight nil every weekday, but it's nice to test yourself against your Parkways, who, as I said, are a top side. So, um, for those fifteen year olds in that team, like which is still very very young, as we know, um, for them to test themselves up against against that sort of opposition is is great for them and their development. So, a disappointing result, um, result wise, but in terms of um, like having youth players getting the opportunity and stuff, it was a, probably a, it was good to see really. But um, yeah, unfortunately, we didn't didn't get the result we wanted. No, but by sounds of it, um, it was a, a well, not a bad scoreline actually, considering what you've told us. Um, Solnash United Juniors this Sunday. Well, Tro under 18s next to bottom in the table at the moment, so a win would be handy, wouldn't it? Just to, for morale, if nothing else. 
Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, so as I say, we're not, we're not, we're not looking into the table with that one. I think there's two <laughs> games they've played so far, so um, still a long, long way to go in that one. But yeah, no, it'd be nice to get for the lads to get their first win. Um, Soltash away, which is again, well, for me, it's a nice, easy fixture. Really, yeah, but for them, it's a, it's not again, it's not too far to travel. Really, they're all in and around Plymouth to get the games this season for them. So. Um, Hopefully the lads can get their first win of the se- well, first league win of the season, and um, as you say, boost the morale a little bit. Right. Okay. Well, thanks for that, Cam. We've been through all three teams of uh, Truro City. Um, reduced prices, as you said, for Saturday's game, home and Harrowborough, fiver to get in. Highly recommended. Would you not say? Yeah, hundred percent, Dave. I don't think you can. Well, I was, I was thinking the other night when when I got told about it, it was one where. You can't get many things for a fiver nowadays, uh, <laughs> no. nowadays, Dave. So the fact you can, like, you can put, you can barely go to the shops and buy anything for a fiver. So the fact you can go and watch a game of Step Three Southern League South football with a Truro team who are currently undefeated at home all season. So f- and don't forget there's free travel as well from from Truro so provided. So you can have a nice afternoon um, up in Plymouth with, for well once you've had your pint and your program or pasty or whatever that's for left probably less than a tenner so you can't really complain really can you Dave so um, if anyone wants to come up then the free coach leaves from behind Truro Coach Park which is behind M&S um, in the city centre that leaves at 12.35 so um, they need to book simply just turn up there uh, jump on the coach and you just pay a fiver on the gate cash or card so um, we highly recommend people come and get behind the team great stuff bargain thanks so much Cam Cheers, Dave. Yep, thanks to Cam and um, anyone there not sure what they're going to be doing Saturday afternoon. You've got a chance of a, another £5 entry into Truro against Harrow Borough. So, um, so that may be something to uh, tempt you to um, Belotho Park. Uh, From the Southern League to the Trelawney, we've got you covered. Western League, Rappo, again, no games played yeah. last Saturday. Uh, all the games postponed. A little bit of hoo ha about the timing yeah. of, the, of the of the of the calling off. So, I mean, fancy being Ashton and Backwell, eh? They they were down at Falmouth the Saturday before, and then they get to well, they weren't that far away, yeah. were they? And uh, they they're told the games off at at yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, a bit of a shocker, isn't it, Deeks, really? I, I think they need Phil in there, ASAP, mate, don't they, to sort that out <laughs> before next season, before the new leagues. Yeah, a bit of a wasted sort of trip for a few teams, mate, a bit of a waste of money, you know. Oh, Alston, it's the money, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is, Deeks, you know, this day and age as well, mate, you know, it's, you know, every club's looking after the penny sort of thing, Deeks, aren't they? You know, with with all the fuel and stuff like that, mate, you know, floodlights and fuel and, mm. you know, like obviously Western League, mate, you've got sort of, you know, some pretty big old round trips as well, mate, haven't you? So it does seem a bit, well, a bit shambolic, Deeks, really, isn't Ooh, it? Shambolic. To get teams to track, you know. Mm. Yeah, really. Get Phil in there quick. Hey, for next season. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, game's coming up this Saturday, and um, it sounds as if the or looks as if the weather is going to be uh, a little bit kinder. Um, I suppose I don't know that there's a top match as such, but there's an all Cornish match, isn't there, in the Western League this Saturday? Yeah, the t- the two champions from last season as well, Deeks, isn't it? East v West. Yeah, champion. Right. Yeah, two point former. Be a good one, mate. Yeah, um, Millbrook, they travelled to Shepton Mallet and, um, well, I'll be 
I'll be pleased if they get anything out of that game, I must admit. Yeah. Um, top, yeah. top of the table, Saltash, home to Ilfacombe Town. That's first against 12th. Then we've got um, Mousel take on bottom side, Canesham Town. And uh, nice little tasty one, really. I, I suppose the last one to mention is uh, Helston travelling to Barnstable. Yeah, yeah, that's a cracker, mate, isn't it? We're, we're like, you know, Billy and Stu, isn't it, mate? Billy Tucker, Stu Boker against our old team. You know, it'd be, yeah, it, it's, it's worth, you know, I'll be looking at that result, mate, won't you? Five o'clock, thanks, to see what's happened there. Yeah. Did you see that, um, I think it was on Twitter, um, someone, or was it on the forum, someone put the uh, goals scored for Barnstable this season? Uh, no, I don't think I've seen that one, Diggs, no. Oh, uh, uh, right. And, um, yeah, someone's posted on the uh, Cornwall Football Forum the uh, the FA full-time page of uh, goal scorers in the Western League Premier. And uh, get this, Rappo, you're a goal scorer. Um, number one position, player's name, Stuart Bowker, Barstable Town. 19 appearances. He scored 96 oh. goals. He's done well, hasn't he? <laughs> Even for Bokes, mate. He's, yeah. <laughs> he, he scored 96 goals. Callum Laird, who's also Barnstable, he's uh, yeah. in second place, played 17 games, scored 76. <laughs> so, oh, brilliant, mate. Yeah. That's some strike force, mate, isn't it? 170 odd goals. Yeah. So two players <laughs> have scored over, you know, 100, well, around about 180 goals for Barnstable. Yeah. I think there might have been a computer <laughs> error there somewhere, don't you? Yeah, I think so, Dicks, don't you? <laughs> Not bad by Christmas, mate, is it? <laughs> no, that's right. Then third place, third place, poor old Jacob Brown, Bridgewater. He's only scored 18. Yeah. What's he doing? He's yeah, not... <laughs> yeah, exactly, mate. <laughs> Imagine his shot, mate, when he looked at... He thought he was in a good place to win the old golden boot, mate. Imagine, <laughs> imagine his shot. <laughs> yeah, he's only 60 goals behind. So, uh, in yeah. fact, he's more than that behind back. So, uh, yeah, I think a, com- a computer blips somewhere along the line. So, uh, yeah, nice brilliant. One. All right. <laughs> Make sure you don't miss an episode of the Rappo and Deeks Friday Fix by subscribing on your favourite podcast platform. Just search for Cornish Soccer Talking Football and you've got it. Peninsula League. Now, um, well, as usual, we begin with Phil Hiscox. Now, last Saturday, Phil, was uh, our first wet one of the season, really, wasn't it? First proper wet one, yes. Yes, I was busy last Saturday morning, that's for sure. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Fixture. Well, first of all, I guess it. It fortunately you didn't have many problems in the Peninsula League with clubs travelling or anything like that. But there was a big bit of a hoo ha elsewhere, wasn't there? What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, it's obviously not cricket for me to to um, criticise other leagues. All I will say is is perhaps what we do, and I think the difference was on Saturday that um, when I left home, sort of midday ish. Uh, we had six games on, nine games off. And when I got home at tea time, six games had been played and obviously the nine games had been off. Um, mm. Whereas in the Western League, when I left home about midday, they had a lot more games on. But when I got home, a lot of them hadn't been played. Mm. Uh, and there's frustration there, obviously. I can understand that. And it's it's frustration of clubs from elsewhere coming down here. And, and our clubs like Helston going off to Wilford Coombe, didn't they? Or mm. when they got to Wilford Coombe, didn't get played. Um, and there has to be a vested interest now because we obviously know that, you know, we're not that far away from all being one league. So... 
there is a vested interest. Um, it's not for me, say, to, to criticise how another league does their arrangements. What I would say is I've, over the years, developed a, a system, uh, and it's in two parts, really. The, 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 the actual Saturday morning part is uh, a, a look at the prevailing weather conditions. We, you know, we, we know what the weather's been like in our area for the last X number of weeks or whatever. Um, we know what the weather forecasts say, and I'm always a little bit sceptical, and I can understand, uh, I understood that the um, Western League chap was on their podcast this week, and, and he sort of said that you can't rely on weather forecasts. <laughs> and to a degree, I think when you're talking medium, long range, he's absolutely right. Um, but I think these days that the short range forecast for the next sort of 24 hours are pretty accurate. Um, there was a yellow weather warning for Devon and Cornwall in, in place for rain. There was clearly a band of rain, whichever forecast provider you looked at. Some of them varied in intensity, some varied slightly in their timing. But there clearly was a weather band that was going to come in. Uh, west to east, as wet weather tends to. Uh, cold weather tends to go east to west, and, and that's what we're going to be facing in the next few weeks. But at the moment, concentrating on wet weather, it's west to east. Um, that weather had clearly arrived in West Devon, uh, sorry, West Cornwall, uh, by fairly early on Saturday morning, and therefore it was pretty obvious it was going to reach the, the whole of the re region by sort of kickoff time in the afternoon. Mm. Um, so. I am more flexible in terms of whether a referee needs to do a physical inspection. I am more prone to listening to the home club in, in relation to their ability to, to manage their own pitch, both in terms of its drainage capacity, but also the manpower that they've got available, you know, on a Saturday morning to go and remark for the pitch to do any, any repair work, any drainage work, that sort of thing. Um, you know, not every club is blessed with with half a dozen volunteers to go up every Saturday morning and do these things. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I think there's a, sort of a slight differing of, of attitudes as to how you manage those situations. And, you know, it's not for me to sit here and crow uh, that last Saturday I got it right, because on the other hand, if, if he'd got his games played and they all turned up and they'd all got played, he'd have had more games played than me. Yeah. Um, so th th there's no winners and losers. Well, there's, there's no winners. There's plenty of losers. <laughs> That's right. And I suppose yeah. it doesn't help when the distances are are longer, aren't they? Further apart. Um, these clubs have to set out so early now, don't they, at the moment yeah, on the Saturday I'm, morning? There's another issue, obviously, with the cost of living coming in as well as the travel, but... Um, you know, is it right to, to risk um, making a club travel when you haven't got a reasonable expectation that mm. the game will be played? And, you know, it's, it, they say it's a gambling act. And, you know, if they, if they turn up and it gets played, you, you could argue you won the gambling act. If, if they turn up and they don't get played, and obviously there, there were several of those last Saturday, then, then it doesn't look so clever. Mm. I quite like the idea of um, the match referee being shown the state of the pitch via FaceTime and, and all that sort of thing. Is what, What's the sort of ruling on that? I, I think it's common sense, isn't it? I think uh, it's... Um, if, if the referee isn't local or, or you know isn't able to, to come up and do any pitch inspection and there is somebody there uh, able to, to sort of show him... You know, the, the worst parts of the pitch, it can, can help. 
Um, I, but I, say, I think I go back to the third one. Is it really wasn't a question of what the pitches were like at nine o'clock. It was the fact of what the pitches were going to be like at three. Mm, um, yeah. and, and, you know, you have to make a, a, a different judgment on that. And, you know, you, you can you can look bloody silly if you call them all off and then the, the sun comes out. <laughs> um, but you can also look pretty silly when people travel and the games don't get played. So, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's it's to say that there's there's no winners when there's plenty of losers in these situations. Yeah, fine margins again, isn't it? So, yeah. Um, and the 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 protocol that you use when it's really bad and it yeah. doesn't have to be called off by referee that that's available to all leagues uh, across the yeah, country. It, 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 yeah, it, 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 what there is, there's an FA guidance on pitch inspection and, and largely talks about, um, and this is for private grounds, council grounds is slightly different, mm-hmm. um, you know, and private grounds where, where a league allows a club in, where, where perhaps the groundsman has the final say or the council has the final say. But, but in the NLS where you, you'd expect a referee to do inspection, it, it talks about, you know, how they should conduct their inspection um, and what factors they should consider in terms of, you know, weather forecasts, prevailing conditions, workforce, all that sort of thing. Um, but it, it starts by saying that basically in the event of severe weather, uh, a league can ignore everything below that paragraph, as it were, and, and mm. decide that, that that's you know, the pitch inspection and things isn't necessary. Um, and I look really for three factors when I'm deciding whether to implement that. And, and that's first and foremost, you know, what is the the weather? What what are the weather warnings in place? Um, and like I say, these days with modern technology and things, you, you can very quickly gauge, you know, where, where, where these weather warnings are, where these weather fronts are, certainly for, for the next 24 hours. Um, when you get on to particularly sort of snowy weather, you, you look at also um, warnings perhaps from the UK Highways Agency or the police <laughs> about travelling or you know not travelling unless it's necessary. Um, that's always an interest. When you get people sometimes in the winter say, oh, it's not fair to make so-and-so travel because it's, it's icy. Um, and you have to sometimes turn around and say well yeah but the shops in in Plymouth city center or Truro city center they're not closed you know they're, they're, they're still mm. people are still going to do their christmas shopping but there comes a point when the weather conditions are so bad that the police or highways will avoid ask people to avoid traveling and so that's another one that you would watch out for and and thirdly you know there are occasions where it's just so that damn obvious you know you've got snow uh, or a deep set frost and you know it's not going the temperatures aren't going to improve in that strict time frame uh, and again you can make that judgment that really it's it's not necessary to do a formal pitch inspection yes okay well thanks for that um, can i just say say no, no league and then, you know i'm perhaps accused of sometimes of being overly soft but no league's going to introduce that protocol uh, unless it's pretty obvious, because ultimately, as a league secretary, uh, those games need to be played. So if they're not played that day, then that's work in postponing them and telling people, advising and rescheduling. And you don't save the work because those games still have to be played another point. So the yeah. referee still has to be reappointed. You still have to do the result sheets and all the rest of it. You don't, you don't save yourself any work by saying, "Oh well, we'll just we'll just call them all off for today." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and also with the peninsula 
it, being in the National League system, you're tied as to how long the season is, aren't you? It's, yeah, indeed so. Indeed so. I mean, in the old days, well, in some of the leagues now, you can play right through to the end of May, can't you? But Yeah, and that's one of the factors when it does come to rearranging games. You know, occasionally I have to, to put a game on, an NRS game on, on a Saturday. So, for example, last Saturday, Launceston versus Mullion was postponed. That's probably one of the furthest, if not the furthest trip in the, the West Division. Uh, there was a Saturday in March that's available for that game, and I've used that Saturday, and I didn't particularly look to see what Launceston Reserves were doing that day, partly because I can pull Trump, uh, pull, pull this up <laughs> Trump card, but in reality, whoever Launceston Reserves were playing that day can be played in May, whereas yes, I can't. True. Yeah, and, and you take the view that you pretty much refixed your game as soon as it's called off on this, don't you? Yeah, um, there are different ways. Some some leagues ask the two clubs to, to mutually agree, and and some have this. The Southern League has this rather odd rule where you have to rearrange within an X number of days, mm. and then <laughs> what you end up seeing. And I think you know, Parkway had it again this week with Pool, didn't they? It was off last month at Pool. Um, the rules are so clear that they have to rearrange it so quickly. It's stuck in again in in sort of November December, and it's off again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> whereas I've got that sort of flexibility to sort of say well um you know, what i generally do and I, if the weather's bad i do it actually before match day so that you you, you can sit there in, in the calm of a sort of wednesday afternoon and work out what would be the best day you, you, you'd basically look at the home club's fixtures you look at the away club's fixtures you look, you look at what is the best fit um and you know sometimes like in the case of launceston money and that might be four months away but the best fit for all concern is to put it on a Saturday mm. because of the travel. So that's what I do. Um, there will be other ones. Um, you know, certainly one of the, for example, if the cup games have been off last weekend, well, I'd have been looking to arrange it a lot quicker and possibly move other games out the way in order to get it played. Yeah. Well, you mentioned cup football and you managed to watch some cup football last Saturday, didn't you? Amongst all the games that were called off, you got a game in. Yeah, actually, plan A, plan A. That was always my in- intention was to, to see Axminster versus St. Blasey. I'd only been out to Axminster once this season. Um, nice to see St. Blasey up this end. You know, mm-hmm. from my point of view, it's uh, I like to see the Cornish teams. And uh, obviously, when the weather weather's like that, it's not that easy to to get off away from a desk early enough to travel down to a game. So it would be great to, to see some blazy up this end. A decent cup tie. The weather was you know, wet and miserable in the afternoon. Again, yeah, with those forecasts, you could tell that the Axminster being as far east as it was, the rain was going to arrive much later than it had in, in yeah. uh, West Cornwall. Um, but nevertheless, it was a, a miserable wet afternoon. Um, I have to say, I, I wasn't quite sure the referees... Um, thought plan towards the end because he seemed to give an awful lot of injury time with some lazy pushing for any cries and I don't think there were too many people on either side actually you fancied the extra half hours of the <laughs> oh, come on come on <laughs> so and, and the, the two cup games were, that were played both 2-1 I thought the results might have gone the other way than they did to be honest but um, well done yeah. Axminster and well done Liscard yeah yeah I mean I think you know Bricks and Miscar probably was the tie of the round in, in terms of both of them being you know, mm. very handily placed. And both of them got the odd game in hand on the sides above them. They're not actually the top two playing, you know, the top champions or, or, or you know, leaders of each. Um, but if you take it factor in games in hand, they, they both wouldn't be far away from that. Uh, yeah, so um, 
yeah, this guy did very well to win at Wrexham, uh, and Axminster probably deserved it. In fact, that they even had the luxury of um, Sean Sevens saving yeah. the penalty. Yeah, yeah, and we've got another two East versus West this coming Saturday. Yes, it's quite good how it's turned out like that. Um, um, yeah, Dobbles against Tynmouth, uh, Newton Abbott Spurs against Penzance. I think that's a, a win, one win for each division, don't you? I think that would be a fair man's betting way. I, I'm going to Newton Abbott Spurs versus Penzance myself. It's, it's the easier one for me to get to, and, and I haven't seen an awful lot of Penzance this season. That's just sort of once at sticker midweek earlier in the season, so nice to go and see our friends at Penzance. Uh, but yes, you, you think Newton Spurs would start favourites there. Timoth, new in the East Division, been a bit inconsistent, but you'd think Dobbles with home advantage. Yeah, you, you would certainly start Dobbles as favourites in that one. Mm. And there's also some FA Vars action to uh, look forward to, isn't there? Yeah, and just before we finish the Boxing Basket Cup, there is also one game next Wednesday night, one of the, the first rest, rest day of the World Cup. There are no World Cup games Wednesday and Thursday of next week. <laughs> right. um, so, rest day. so uh, there's quite a lot of football on Wednesday the 7th, and I think that's the reason why people are stuck in games on Wednesday the 7th, because it is the first night where there actually isn't a World Cup game to stay home and watch. <laughs> uh, and I've got one of the localer uh Cup ties, Elmore versus Credits on that night. Right. Okay. Uh, yeah, FA Vars, yes. Uh, our last two, both travelling away. Um, yes. Bobby Tracy at Hartbury University, which will not be easy. And um, Brixham away at Shaftesbury of the Wessex League, which it also won't, won't be a, a walk in the park either. And I guess when you get to this sort of stage, you don't expect easy games, do you? So, um... Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I mean, if you think about it, uh, the, the winners of those two ties on Saturday. Um, whether they're they're Peninsula League or, or other league teams, they will be in, in the Vars next season. Those exempted sides in the qualifying rounds because they will reach the fourth round proper. Mm. So that's yeah, that's the level they're getting it to now. Where yeah, yeah. they gain that exemption for next season. And uh, no, th- those games go straight to penalties, don't they? If it's uh, level at ninety minutes, whereas the League Cup, Watersea Parson League Cup, you have extra time, don't you? Correct, correct. The, the Watsley Parsons Cup ties are 2.30 um, with extra time and the Vars ties are 3 o'clock, but there is no extra time. <laughs> right. I know I ask you that every time. but uh... oh, <laughs> <laughs> Right. Can I ask you a couple of questions regarding the restructuring uh, process that's going on? Mm-hmm. Um, first one is just clarification, really, on the three step six divisions that there are going to be. How many clubs, teams, are you envisaging being in those? Right, well, the FA documents, the the, the sort of governing document, of obviously there were lots of proposal papers and then there were consultations, and then there was an FA paper that actually laid out what they'd agreed. Uh, And what that says is that those divisions would be full with 18 in each. So that's that would be five divisions across the, the, the structure with 18 clubs in each. But however, it does go on to say that at step six, uh, particularly because you, you've got to be mindful of, of how many clubs you can take from the feeder leagues below, they may be necessary to start them with 16 in each. Right. Or, or somewhere between 16 and 18. And it, <laughs> just to clarify that, you see the Western League Division 1 at the moment has 22 in it. Uh, so it, that might be that that geographical area retains 18, whereas Peninsula West currently has 17 in it. And if you take a lot of clubs up for promotion to step five, you know, just getting back to 16 might be the the object to start with. 
Right. Okay. So a bit of flexibility there as such. Yeah. Yeah. I say the, the target is 18 um, for all five. I, I, I expect the two step five divisions to be 18 because I think that, you know, there's, there's the interest and in the, the number of clubs there that will want to be in it. In fact, I think you, you probably could have more than 18 each of them if you actually mm. asked the ones there, but, but 18 is the limit the FA have set. Uh, whereas at step six, uh, 18 is an ambition, but is not necessarily something that we expect to achieve to start with. And certainly, you know, it, it, there may be a situation where some of those three divisions have 18, some have 16. So how late will it be before you actually know the numbers? Well, not until May, if the truth be known. Um, we've been doing mapping exercises. There were there were mapping exercises done before it was um, proposed. Um, this, I've done a mapping exercise in the first half of the season. The next mapping exercise I will be doing will be in January, and there's a reason why it's being done in January, and that's because, A, you'll know which clubs have applied from the regional feeder leagues across right. the region below, but also December the 31st is the same deadline for clubs currently playing in other leagues to apply for a lateral move. You're right. Um, so, again, in January, instead of saying, well, we think that club in the Hellenic League or that club in the Wessex League will apply, we will know whether they have or they haven't. Yeah, so that will, right. will change things. Um, but it, uh, can I give you an example of um, how late it could be? Um, one of the clubs that is rumoured um, that could apply for a lateral move is a team called Cribs, who used mm -hmm. to be in the Western League. They currently play in the Hellenic League and they've had a very good season. Uh, and, you know, the manager and the players fair play to them their ambition is to, is to win the league they're in now let's give you a scenario that at the end of the season cribs finish second in the hellenic league they've and they've yet they've applied for a lateral move they could be in a situation where a week after the league season is finished they have to play a playoff game against a team from low in the southern league to achieve promotion or not to step four mm -hmm. if they win that game they go to step four and therefore they can't be laterally transferred to us. And the team in fifth, shall we say, in Peninsula League East or West gets the extra promotion spot. <laughs> <laughs> they lose they lose the playoff space. They can be laterally transferred. The team in fifth in Peninsula East or West doesn't get promotion <laughs> uh, which is part of the reason again while well, we've said that top four it's not absolutely set in stone that it will only be the top four mm -hmm. what we've said is the top four with vars compliant grounds will there will be enough space for, for them that you know the three sets of four that there is no issues there'll be enough room yeah. for them after that it's say it's going to be prone to such things like that and you know you're not going to be in a situation in that particular set of circumstances you you might have finished fifth on i don't know the 22nd of april and you might be waiting until the first saturday in may to find out who's won that playoff game oh, so you're not gonna, you're not going to be you know celebrating at the final whistle as yeah, it were right. whereas the top four you can safely at the final whistle, as it were, right. Okay, you know, I'm not sure. I wish I'm glad I asked that question now, but, uh, but well, so, uh, I suppose in some ways it shows that we have thought through these issues. Yeah. Uh, and again, the geographics there on on who's going to be in which division. At the moment, you know, Bridgewater are in what? If I was doing a mapping exercise, are in the north. 
um, Mosul or Saltash are in the south. Now, of course, again, you don't know at this point in the season which two teams could be promoted from the Western League to the Southern League. Yeah. If it's two from the south, if let's say Bridgewater fall away and Mouse and Saltash both gain promotion, the line moves. Yes. On the other hand, Bridgewater and Shepton Mallet finish in the top two, Mousel and Saltash fall away, the line moves the other it all way. All changes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Which is why I say we're doing mapping exercises, but they are only exercises. Yeah. Well, I suppose the more you, you you do them now, it'll just sort of slot into place when the real time comes, won't it? You so. can have, I suppose, what what's ha- has enabled you, you look at it and think, well, actually, if that happens, what would you do? And, mm. and therefore, you can start to think, well, actually, do yeah. you move that club east to west? Or do you move that club north to south? And you, you, you're thinking about, you know, what is realistic and what isn't. Yeah. And and hopefully any any sort of problems that might crop up, you're seeing cropping up now in the practice run and such, isn't it? So, yes, yeah. indeed, indeed so. Good. Um, now, the Cornwall Leagues, as you know, uh, they're going through a restructuring process this season as well for the start of next season. What's the situation in Devon? Um, it, it, there's, there's no formal restructuring like there is in Cornwall. Um uh, and I don't expect that the structure to change in Devon in as much as there'll, there'll be a regional feeder league called the Devon League. And then there'll be the, they have four local leagues below that. Um, basically, the Devon Exeter is East Devon, the North Devon League and the South Devon League are rather obviously North <laughs> and South. And the Plymouth and West Devon is, is, is the other area. Um, there's a certain, again, because Devon has more boundaries, there's always been a little bit more movement in there. There's the mm. odd Cornish club have played in the North Devon League and vice versa. Yeah. Clearly, there, there are clubs in the Plymouth area that have played in East Cornwall in the past and, and vice versa. Um, and the same does apply in the in the Devon X League, for example. They've got people like Wellington Reserves, which is Somerset, and they've got teams like Lyme Regis, which are Dorset. Um, so they have those other issues. I, I think the, the discussion in the Devon League would be whether they continue to to operate two geographical divisions or whether they have one. Um, it's their ambition, I believe, to, to continue, continue to having two, but they need the numbers to, to make that viable. Um, and clearly, you know, we would be interested in in clubs with the right facilities in those two divisions at the moment applying to be promoted. And and the FA aren't going to decline a club a club's legitimate promotion application just to placate the numbers in the division below. Mm. Presumably, are you being shared into what's happening in in the Cornwall? process or not uh, yeah i'm aware of, of, of it and, and generally I, I'm, I'm supportive I, I think as long as you know to be fair i understand the county fa have consulted with with clubs and leagues and, and there's been a vote so that's democracy in action you, you can't argue with that yeah, yeah. um uh, and if, so if that's what they want and i think there are there are two benefits i would say that for them that they that the timing is absolutely right if if we're having a restructure then them having a restructure mm. at the same time seems very sensible uh, and secondly, there are other benefits, aren't there? We, we have this situation with multiple player registrations and things, um, and that will, in effect, a, a player living in Cornwall next year will have two choices, won't he? Or, or two, only really two forms to fill in. Mm. He has his NLS registration and he has his County FA registration. 
I mean, uh, and I think the majority of us, perhaps the old-fashioned ones, think that's a good idea, that uh, you shouldn't be able to sign with too many different clubs. Yeah, I think it's a good idea. Well, a, a lot of people suggest it's a good idea, but then there are others that are asking, what's going to happen to some of these smaller clubs that actually you know, benefit from other teams not having a match day? Um, are those smaller clubs going to disappear? They're going to find it hard to get players, but I mean... Time will tell, I suppose. But uh... time will tell. I mean, I'd have to say, is that really a long-term plan for a club to rely on another team not having a game? Mm, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I don't. I, don't get me wrong; it's a bonus, and, and we have. I see it in the Peninsula League. You know, if um, Willand is postponed, you know, yeah. a Columpton or an Elmore might have a player in it, and, and we've all seen it in Cornwall as well, haven't yeah, we? You know, yeah. Salma for the odd team out, and suddenly, you know, somebody um, and, and that goes on. But I, I, I have to say, I don't think that's really a reasonable plan to see out a whole league season because you can't rely on, on on those players being available. Let's move on then. Where are you going in the next week to be watching football? Um, quite a busy week. I'm uh, Saturday, as I said, I think I did say earlier, Newton Abbott Spurs versus Penzance is, is yeah. my in the cup. I get to see Penzance at this end. Uh, I would say I've only seen them once this season. Uh, Wednesday, I will be doing um, Elmore Crediton. I might even think about getting the, the quarterfinal draw done because if weather permitting, we'd, we'd have played another three games by then. So we'd have had five of the eight, the last eight. So might be tempted to get the cup draw done then. Mm. Um, I, I like to do it in public. Then there's no yeah. suggestion of foul play. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and I've also next week got... Um, some some important meetings. I've got a, a very um, exciting meeting, I think, on next Wednesday in the daytime, which hopefully I can talk about next Thursday, where uh, the officers of the, the new league are meeting with um, County FA people uh, over lunch to, to discuss, you know, um, support for clubs in, in terms of grant aid and ground developments and ground grading, those sort of issues. So there's some joined up thinking. So, uh, yeah some proactive work going on behind the scenes as it were yes right well it's all very exciting isn't it it is <laughs> it is yeah <laughs> yeah right okay then phil thanks very much uh, for everything you've told us today sorry that um bombarded you with a few questions but um i i'm still concerned that people don't really on the on the ground floor i'm concerned that people don't really understand what is happening so that's why i keep asking you every week yeah. and uh, can I, can I just say also on that front, um, the steering committee that, that that's sort of been meeting monthly, we've designed a page, which hopefully will be signed off at the next meeting. We're going to ask every club in the Peninsula League and the Western League to give us a page in their programme and we'll basically give them an article. Because, mm. uh, again, that's part of making sure you get to the right people. Because not everybody looks on Facebook and Twitter and, and websites. So, you know, mm. you, go to grounds and, and there are some of the old boys you know who still rely on what what it says on the notice board and the local newspaper and a, and a program yeah communication is so important isn't it it, it is it is and say so, so that the object of that is, is to sort of lay out well what actually is happening and, and then say ask every club from from canesham to, to mausel um in both leagues you know in, in january please put this in your program please put that on your notice board so people yeah. can see it good idea uh, 
Um, and also then moving on from that, there, there's a, a much bigger meeting in March, which we'll talk about once that's absolutely confirmed. Right. OK, well, thanks, as usual, Phil, for coming on, telling us what you can. And, uh, well, enjoy. Are you enjoying the World Cup? I am, actually. Some some decent games, isn't there? Not not just the, the England performances, or if you ignore the American game, anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, some of, the, some of the other games. I mean, I watched a, a, quite a bit of the sort of Mexico game last night, and you, you thought, well, they're going to get a third goal, and they're going to go through, and then they didn't. And you get wrapped up in the drama. It's yeah. Good. It's got to the stage now, you're not sure which game to watch, isn't it, really? it's That's it's... right, yeah. And I, I, thank heavens for back buttons on your remote control. <laughs> Whoever invented the back button, well done. <laughs> right. OK, well, thanks for that, Phil, and we'll talk next week. Will do. Yeah, thanks to Phil. Obviously, uh, interview uh, was a little bit longer this week, talking about the various admin side of things um, because of the fact that we've got no guests on. So it gives us a, an opportunity to talk to the likes of Phil. And um, he's going to be busy, you know, isn't he? With that, all this uh, Western Peninsula yeah. restructuring, uh, you know, gets really stuck into it. He's, he's going to be a busy boy. Yeah, I, I was thinking exactly the same thing, Deeks, you know, listening to you, you and Phil talking, mate, you know, I thought, you know, it is a, a hell of a lot of work, mate. There's quite a, a few technicalities to it, really, mate, mm. isn't there? You know, for, for this new league and everything, mate, and the numbers, you know, Phil said 18 a league, won it? And obviously, you know, the old Southwest Peninsula League, 16. And yeah, it is, it is a lot to think about, mate, isn't there? And I suppose, like Phil said, Deeks, a picture will all become a bit clearer once we know who's sort of, you know, going for these leagues and that in, in what, December the 31st, mate, isn't it? The application yeah. cut off. So, yeah, I suppose it, the, the picture might become a bit clearer then, mate, maybe, mightn't it? But, mm. but, um, but yeah, a lot of work for Phil, mate, isn't it? To, but, you know, there's not a better bloke around, mate, is there, to to carry it out, Deeks, really, is there, mate? Are you starting your campaign for Hiscox for... King of the Prime Western Minister, League, mate. Prime Minister. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I, I, it's just so lucky, mate, and me to have Phil. Really, mate. I mean, you know, like I know we've already touched on it. Deeks, they like those ridiculous wasted trips in the Western League last weekend, mate. You know, lot lot of money down the drain for club stakes, and it. You know, little things like that. You know, Phil's just got. Well, he's a top bloke, mate, as we know, but he's just got that common sense approach as well, Dix, and obviously experience as well, mate, of, you know, how to run a football league. You know, he's, he's running two divisions as well, Dix, isn't he, by the way, you know, East yeah. and West, you know. So just does a fantastic job, Phil does, mate, doesn't he? So lucky to have him, mate, aren't we? Yeah. Lucky to have him. We are indeed. Right. We're also yeah. lucky to have uh, John Colenso because... Uh, he was a roving reporter last Saturday. Is uh, he was at one of the few games that actually did uh, get played in the Southwest uh, Peninsula League. He was at the Brixham Liscard game, and let's hear what he thought about it. Now, there are no guests this week because it's um, World Cup matches and all that sort of stuff um, um, happening. So I know that um, John Clenzo covers the uh, uh, St. Perrin League. East and the East Cornwall Premier, we're going to be hearing from him later. But let's get him on now a moment because he was involved with Liscard's first team last Saturday, weren't you, John? Yes, I've travelled the hour and a half through the rain and the absolute monsoons to get to Brixham. Yeah, it was an interesting trip. I think most of the conversation all the way there was about, I bet it's going to be off when we get there. <laughs> right. Had any of the players, did they know much about the, the layout of the pitch and all that sort of thing or not? 
Um, they went up pre-season for a pre-season friendly. So oh, right. they did know, they knew of the pitch, but obviously they'd seen it in nice weather. Um, so we weren't sure what to expect when we got there with wind and rain coming down. So, um, but really surprised and really well done to Pricks and the pitch was perfect. Um, it didn't look damaged at the end of the game either, to be fair. Good. And, uh, well, a great result for Liscard as well. Yeah, brilliant result. We, um, the two Martins sort of decided that they'd rest James Lorenz um, for the game um, just because it was his turn to sit out, really. So they've had to rotate the squad and just try and keep everyone match fit and happy for the, you know, because they're doing well in the league, aren't they? So they've got to make sure everyone's match fit and ready to play. Um, so they made a few alterations and, and yeah, the last minute winner sort of uh, made it a nice journey home for us. So who got the first goal for Liscard? How did the scoring go? Um, so Liscard scored first. Right. Um, then there was a, well, it was a penalty, a definite penalty. Brixham got a penalty from a mistake at the back um, to equalise. So it was 1-1 at half time. Um, but we had played into the, like, quite a savage wind for the first half. So being one all at half time, we sort of thought, well, wind and rain behind us now. Hopefully we can push on. Um, and we did push on. But in fairness to Brixham, obviously they know their pitch better than anyone. They they defended well. Um, counter-attack really well. They're a good side. It was a really close match, to be fair. Um, they counter-attacked well. But uh, Dan Jennings was doing what Dan Jennings does. He was last, I don't know, last two minutes, I suppose, of play. Cool. Um, keep, yeah, keeper dropped it and he tapped it in the net from a couple of yards out. So, um, as, so as late as that, I didn't realise it was that late. It was, it was, it was the eighty odd minute. So, I mean, the injury time—it felt like World Cup injury time days. To be honest, we asked <laughs> the lino, the lino nearest us. We asked him how long he said a minute, and I reckon we played at least twelve over that. <laughs> oh, no. um, so his watch was obviously to the you know without stopping sort of thing. But yeah. there was a lot, of, lot. Of, it was almost like we were playing to equalise sort of thing. But uh, right. we held on, held on, and. Uh, yeah, and got the the two one win, but it was a real good game, real good contest. It was obviously a game of two halves with the wind, um, and yeah, it was a good battle. If you look at the league tables, I think they've played the same amount of games and won the same amount of games, so it was a real even contest. But mm. it was yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was an enjoyable game to watch. Um, nice setup as well at Brixham. If anyone's been or not, I don't know. Mm. Um, but the clubhouse sort of runs along the touchline and all of the clubhouse side is glass. Yeah. So you can actually sit and watch the whole game from inside if you'd want it to. Yeah, so, I was, I was going to ask how many were there watching. I guess there weren't many people out around the pitch, but all, as you said, uh, jammed in that top side. Well, to be fair, they, most of them did go out just to get the atmosphere of the game, Dave. It was, I mean, the, the rain was driving in the stand as well, but we were all outside, to be fair, to get the <laughs> get the full atmosphere of the game. Um but yeah, lovely setup there. Really nice. I'd uh, definitely recommend people going to visit it. And obviously, um, Liscard had a had a nice trip home because you won, and it's a cup game. Yeah, it would have been it would have been a long trip home if we'd lost. Let's put it that way. I think it was an hour and a half each way. Yeah, no, but a good display. Nice to be able to go and watch the first team because obviously I'm tied in with the second team um, most weekends. So yeah, they battled well and does thoroughly deserve the win. Um, DJ was up there on his own for the whole game, so he had three sort of three big centre-halves following him around all game and he must have been sort of thinking, flipping out and getting nothing. And yeah, he kept playing till the very last and, and got the tap in that he deserved. Had the last word. And, and Liscard, they're at Callington on Saturday. Um, James Lorenz, you mentioned he you know, he didn't play. What's the chances of him 
being in action this Saturday, do you reckon? Yeah, it'll be fine. Yeah, it'll be fine to play Saturday. It was literally just a, a bit of a rotation thing, really. Um, he hasn't sat out yet. I think DJ's missed a game, so it was just literally trying to keep everybody fresh all the time and um, yeah, just make sure that everybody's fit and raring to go for the next league game. Fingers crossed that the weather doesn't affect that game. No, well, like we've, we've mentioned the weather a lot this week, but yeah, it should be good. That should be good. Good. Okay. Thanks very much, John. Thank you. Yeah, I've I got to be honest, Dick. If if you know, if I'm being honest here, mate, I, I totally agree with what you said, mate. I I thought Liscord might just lose that one at Brixham, mate. Tough place to go, you know. Horrible weather, you know. They're they're a big physical team, good good football inside as well. You know, we watched them last season, Deeks, and you know I thought Liscord might just just go out in that one. And 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 on the other hand, mate, I fancy Blazy just to nick it. Uh, Axminster, you know, tough game up there, isn't it? They've already put, oh, I've put Weybridge out, mate, didn't they? Is it another another West team they put out as well? But, but yeah, I thought that would be a tough, tough, tough game. But I thought Blazy might come through that one, Diggs. But mm. turned out to be the other way around, mate, didn't it? What 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 do we know, mate? What do we know? <laughs> no, that's right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I, I'm starting to get the feeling that Blazy, for some reason, might just miss out on everything. Do you think, mate? I don't, wow. yeah. I don't know. They've had a couple indifferent, I suppose, results, haven't they, in the last... I suppose if you look at their last half a dozen games, you know, more... You know, had a fantastic start, didn't they, to the season, I suppose. And, you know, I suppose it, it, the form has been a little bit indifferent. You know, River going off to do the old London Marathon probably impacted on them, didn't it? A couple of games, possibly, but... Yeah, I don't know. I still think they're good enough, though, mate. I'll still stick with me top two, Liscord, Blazy. But, but yeah, you know, I mean, obviously, Wendron flying, Diggs, top of the league, aren't they? And Weybridge have, you know, sort of won those sort of games, you know. So, they're up there, mate, aren't they, with the points in the bank sort of thing. Diggs is up to Blazy and Liscord to, to win those games now, mate, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. And Wendron, obviously, uh, the the one game that was played last Saturday, wasn't it, in the Peninsula West? Yeah. Uh, Wendron 2, St. Dennis Nils, Joe Souch and uh, Charlie Young. Charlie Young, is, I reckon that's his 16th league goal of the season, so he's going well again. Brilliant. Yeah, well done, Charlie, mate. Yeah, it is type of weather, I reckon, last week, Dicks. You know, you, you know you, you'd be hard to, to knock Charlie off the ball, isn't it, when he's got it under his feet. You know, I, I can imagine him, you know, riding a few tackles in that weather last weekend, mate, and being, uh, being a menace to the menace to St Dennis mate. <laughs> 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 were you waiting to say that, were you? No, I won't, mate. I just stumbled across that. Just stumbled across. <laughs> yeah, but um, many nah, mate, yeah. Daddies, I like that. So. Yeah, sorry, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but no, nah, no, nah, Charlie's looking good for thirty weeks, isn't he? The way he's going at the oh, minute. Yeah. Well, yeah. What they played? They played eighteen games. So I suppose they're just past the halfway stage, aren't they? And uh, yeah. yeah, so he's he's on course for it, isn't he? So yeah, yeah, yeah good on him, mate. Yeah. Right, yeah, so uh, what have we got got coming up this week? Well, we already know that there's two League Cup games, uh, as Phil mentioned with us. Um, now, again, there's two fifteen kickoffs, three o'clock kickoffs, so everyone be careful about that. Um, yeah. Lanson against Godolphin, Newquay against Bude, St Dennis against Weybridge are the two fifteen kickoffs. What excites you out of those? 
Um, <laughs> None of them. And, um, <laughs> no, I suppose the. Uh, well, I suppose Nuki, mate, sixth viewed fifth, mate, I think. Yeah, 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 I did think that. As soon as yeah. I started laughing, I thought perhaps I was doing an injustice yeah. there on, on that on that game. Yeah, um, top six clash. Yeah, Nuki got to win, haven't they? Yeah, they have, mate. You know, after that disappointment, the Dobbles game, mate, were, uh, yeah, unbelievable, that game, mate. So, I mean, if they can put a few of the chances, well, I think they created about, I'd say about seven good chances in that game. And, Obviously, great goalkeeping, mate, from Blatch. But, but yeah, I think you know if they can put a couple of their chances away, mate, it'd be, it'd be, it would help them a bit, mate. You know, to go with all that great sort of possession football they had, mate. But, um, but Butte's a tough old, uh, tough old team. The big takes, aren't they? You know, as uh, they've already proved, mate. You know, going to, well, places like Weybridge, mate. Didn't they? They sort of churned out a one nil saw that game Deeks and they were really difficult to beat on the day so they are yeah it's a, it's a yeah like you said Deeks big game really that one isn't it 6 v 5 yep 3 o'clock kickoffs Callington home to Liscard Camelford play Mullion and Sticker take on Bobmin so uh, um, yeah again they don't jump out at you too much but uh, nah Liscard at Callington yeah yeah, yeah. You were there a couple well, of weeks ago, weren't you, when the pitch was a bit soggy? Um, they, yeah. they obviously will have had time to, to enjoy this decent weather we've got at the moment, but um, pitch is still going to be a little bit um, unsure there, isn't it? Is that going to affect Liscard? I don't know. Could do. Yeah, possibly, Diggs. Yeah, it'd be soft, mate. That's for sure. It'd be soft, mate. It was, yeah, it's... Um... I mean, we watched that game start of the season, actually. Diggs, didn't we? Liscard Callington. Oh, First yeah. game of the season, yeah. wasn't it? Draw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure it'd be a draw on Saturday, mate. I think Callington teams changed a little bit since then, Deeks, hasn't it? I think mm. they've lost a few, haven't they? And, but Liscord, obviously, you know, still, well, probably if not stronger now, aren't they? So, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it is, it is a tough place to go, mate. It is a tough place. You know, you've got a, you know, you've got to match them, mate, haven't you, before you can sort of go on and win the game. Sort of Liscord's football against Callington, sort of. You know, physical, typical team, I'd say, Deeks, Callington or mate. Sorry, typical, the, you, you, I lost your line there. Typical what? Yeah, like like t- one of those t- t- typical sort of Plymouth teams, mate, you know, that you're, you know, a bit vocal, bit physical, <laughs> you know, can, can, yeah, without being too disrespectful yeah. to the Plymouth. Steady on. Look, you're, you're already banned yeah. from Bude. You're not going to be allowed in Plymouth yeah. soon. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But you always get a tough game, don't you, against the old Plymouth Flasticks? You never never get a given, do you, mate? That's what I'm <laughs> no. trying to say. I think you got to earn the win. You got to earn the win, haven't you, mate? Yeah. You got to earn the win. And um, Camelford, no, Camelford home to Mullion. Camelford, um, yeah. I, I'm I'm assuming Bobby Hopkinson is, is going to be playing for Liscard Reserves on a more regular basis. If if yeah. that's not absolutely sure, Ryan Downing signing for Way Bridge from Camelford. Um, well, for a start, that means that Weybridge out of their twenty-man squad have got about fifteen forwards, and um, yeah. and uh, Camelford losing a, a very good player. Yeah, I think we spoke about Ryan a couple of weeks ago, Dix, didn't we? He said how good he is, mate. Probably one of the best youngsters in the league, without a doubt. Really, you know, for eighteen, he's hell of a player, mate. He's gonna, he's gonna be even. He's only gonna get better, I think, as well, mate. You know, if he if he cheers up a bit, mate, and he if he can play with a smile. <laughs> but 
I think Rower's collecting strikers, mate. Isn't he? I think he thinks they're, <laughs> yeah, he right. think they're them little Corinthian models, mate. Does he that you can collect? Has, has he the signed you player. yet? Yeah, I'm waiting for the call. To be honest, mate, I'm, I'm a bit gutted. Rower ain't put in seven days for me, mate. To St Agnes back. <laughs> Yeah. No, I think I'll uh, I think I'll go out on that overhead kick. But, thinks, but what, what, what a selection <laughs> problem he's going to have, though. Yeah, I suppose it is a nice problem. Well, yeah, 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 that's true. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. yeah, so just just keeping everyone happy, really, mate. And it that's the you know perhaps Roa will tell him a few few of his jokes, mate. He's got he's got some <laughs> good jokes in his locker. <laughs> but, but um. Yeah, yeah, it'd be. I think that's going to be the toughest job for Roa, mate. Keeping everyone sort of sweet, mate. You know, just giving them the minutes. You know, you can only sort of fit so many strikers into ninety minutes, things, can you? <laughs> that's right. But, <laughs> but, um, but nah, Bridge is going well, Diggs, aren't they? Second place, so yeah, you know. Great signing, great signing, really, mate. Yeah, very good signing. So. Mm. So yeah. that's the uh, Southwest Peninsula League for this week. Uh, let's hear what John Colenta has got to tell us about the Superior League East. Right then, over to the Superior League and John Colenso. We should be fairly quick about last week's uh, activity, shouldn't we? Not a lot to talk about, Dave, is there, unfortunately? No. That um, the predicted weather actually did happen, didn't it? <laughs> yes, big time. Um, but... At least you did get one game on in the East. Yeah, one game and 25 minutes to another one. That's all uh, That's all we've got to shout about this week. <laughs> right. So, um, yeah, sticker at home. Um, probably didn't want the game on either, but I said of it after all. Uh, sticker nil, tall point reserve six. So, uh, Charlie Stames with two, James Manuel with two, uh, William Larson, and that young lad again called Callum Bays has scored another goal. First goal in Superior League, age 33. Yeah, and is he, you know, sort of making a bid to be manager of the second team as well as the third team, or what? I think he's going for it, isn't he? He's going for it in style. Looks yeah. like it, doesn't it? So, yeah. yeah, he's a proven goal scorer now. <laughs> right. So, yeah, he might be wasting his talents in management. <laughs> yeah, right. So, obviously, no real change to the league table, obviously, because um, Tour Point just out of the top five weren't they so uh, yeah, I suppose they get a bit closer don't they so uh, yeah yeah so the I mean the table now looks at uh, obviously Paul Paris they top Salt Ashborough second Alton on third St Dominic fourth and Gunners Lake in fifth there was a game abandoned tell us a bit more well tell us what you know about that game yeah I was speaking to a couple of Carrington lads um, went to Millbrook um, horrendous weather to get there referees obviously done his checks bounced his ball in a in a good area um and the rest of the pitch was pretty poor by the sound of it. And I think, yeah, there were several questions asked by the Callington players, should it be going ahead? Um, and sure enough, 20 minutes in, it was deemed unplayable. So, um, yeah, I think they were they're pretty fed up that they'd wasted their time going there, knowing full well it was going to be off, really. So, yeah. Yeah. Got, I, think, yeah I think they got about 20, 25 minutes played. That was all. All right. So... Well, at least they tried, I suppose. You've got to give them credit yeah. for that. But with knowing what the weather was like and the, the and Millbrook's pitch, um, I don't know what it's like these days. Does it hold the water okay these days or not? I think yeah, I don't think it's it's known for um for struggling with the water, Dave. I think it was just every other pitch in Cornwall pretty much was off, wasn't it? So mm. uh, I think a 
you know, quite a bit of common sense needs to come into play because we all really saw the weather forecast Monday, didn't we? That it was going to be Armageddon for the Saturday. Um, but yeah, it was one that they were hoping was playable, but obviously they've um, got worse as they went on. Right. Okay, so uh, that was last Saturday. What have we got coming up this Saturday? This Saturday, we've only got three games um, involving, well, four of the top five are playing, so it, it could uh, change the top of the table at least. So <laughs> uh, we've got Gunners Lake are playing against Sticker, uh, Paul Perro against Millbrook, Saltash Borough against St Dominic. So um, Saltash Borough and Dominic, are, St Dominic, sorry, are. Um, they could all, yeah, it could all change places basically. So it could really mix up the top five. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to even bother to ask you what the top game of the day is. I'm going Salt Ashborough and St Dominic. Exactly, that's mm. that's the obvious one, isn't it? So yeah, yeah totally. And yeah. and St Dominic, well, they need to play, don't they? Well, they will be playing, yeah. won't they? Unless there's an earthquake or something in Salt Ash, because they're yeah. they're in all weather pitch, aren't they, Salt Ashborough? So. Yeah, yeah. So it'll have to be something horrific for that not to go. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, but they do need to get games in now, don't they? Yeah, yeah. I think they're five. Did, did I say five beer and Polpero at the moment? Uh, six. The uh, table six I'm looking at. So, so Polpero's um, recent, uh, sorry, St Dominic's recent games just seem to be one game on, two games off, and yeah, all over the place, really. They'll, they'll probably be glad of the games. I'm surely that doesn't help. You know, we're, we're on about, you know, teams dropping out of leagues and players getting fed up and whatever. Surely that doesn't help when you're not playing regularly on a Saturday. It does. I would, yeah, I would definitely say it does. I mean, I've, you know, I've spoken to players in the Superior League and um, there's a, there's a team, for example, that's only played, uh, sorry, they haven't played in November at all. Um, the one because of the, about of the game cancelled this weekend and they've only got the one fixture in December. So, what? In two months, yeah. In two months, they're going to play one game. How do you keep a squad together? Well, that's going on. Well, yeah, I'd, I'd be very surprised if you can keep any sort of squad together. To be honest, I don't, I don't know the reasons for it, Dave. But I mean, like even this weekend, there's only six. There's only six teams playing football this weekend. Yeah. There may be a couple in the intermediate cup, but not. You know, there's not many at all. Is there? Like, all right. Well, there's one in the intermediate cup, and, and that's not even in the East Division, which we're talking yeah. about. So. <laughs> so, what the rest of the teams are doing, I don't know. But they'll uh, do the players go and play elsewhere? They do. They want to keep playing football. That's what they're there for. That's the whole idea of having football as a hobby. Is you want to play it. So um, th- you know, this, yeah. Th- sorry to interrupt, but this actually helps me think about the restructuring. We heard obviously Steve Carpenter last last week on the podcast, and it's a question of I can only see it improving everything if the leagues get bigger and you've got more games because with the you know players not being able to dual register they aren't going to be able to go off and, and play for someone else next season are they so they want to be yeah. they want to be occupied on the pitch don't they mm. but they do um so these players though that aren't playing this weekend for their main teams will be probably ensuring that another team gets a game on because they're helping them out. And they could possibly stay at that other team? They could. If they're enjoying it and playing football more more regularly, then, yeah, why go back to a team that's not playing at the moment? Ooh, it's, it's, it's a vicious circle, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. What happens to the small teams that are relying on dual-signed players when they can't rely on them anymore? Hmm. Well... 
we shall it's f- keeping several teams going, what's going to happen when they can't do it? Yeah. Well, I, d- I don't think it's going to be a problem, providing they've got games, every, you know, providing all these yeah. teams have got games every Saturday and they're all being occupied. And uh, yeah. and yeah. a bit of help by the players being committed to the calls. I think they would be committed if they were playing football, wouldn't they? Well, let's hope so, anyway, on that subject. Yeah, so, uh, so Because, I mean, you could even have a big, t- a big league day of 16, but if you've played midweek Saturday through August and September and you've played half of your season then what happens to the rest of the season well yeah yeah so the fixture games they've got the fixtures have really got to be thought about it's it's a thankless task don't get me wrong you know it's a it's a tough you know tough thing to organise but it does need you know it takes a lot of volunteers um, that obviously we need to keep in the leagues helping whoever's going to be running it really well, not volunteers, John. We need the Cornwall FA to be running it. They they could sort it and out. Probably and volunteers that have got the experience of doing it, Dave. You can't just hand it all over and leave it to somebody else, can you? No, but I it's think, a, well, it's a Cornwall FA who won it, so they should be well, running it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's but, that's my side of the side of the yeah, view. I, I, but, I do agree, but have they got the staff to do it? Isn't it? It's the you know. I think while there's people that want to volunteer, they should be not pushing them away either. No, they shouldn't be pushing them away. That's true. They should, they should be looking to these guys f- to 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 learn from, shouldn't they? Yeah, but you know, hopefully we get these things resolved and we have a meeting so that everybody knows what's going on. Because at the moment, I personally don't have a clue what's going on, and I'm on the East Cornwall Management Committee. Right. Okay. So uh, that's interesting. Um, well, let's hope the road shows that they're proposing. Yeah. Mind you, if you're on a committee, you should really know something by now, shouldn't you? Well, hopefully, you know, like uh, Steve was really helpful last week, wasn't he, on the podcast? He explained a lot of things that people didn't know. Mm. Um, so maybe maybe we need more regular updates of what's going on and what's happening so that people can buy into what's going on. Yeah, that's that's always a bit of a fear of mine that the communication doesn't uh, the communication is, isn't always as as it should be. I think that the people in the know assume that things are passed on, and yeah. they're not always, are they? No, no. Because what if, for instance, um, there is people that are not for it? Are they going to be willing to give the information out to people that are for it? Yeah, yeah, that's true. You know, yeah. it's, it's stuff like that. And, and before we know it, the next season will be on us as well. It's it's all very well saying it's six months away or whatever. If people don't know, then they can't prepare for it, can they? No. And so as a committee member of the East Cornwall Premier League, how often do you have any sort of meetings or, or correspondence or whatever? Not very often at the moment. We've had more um, just telephone, individual telephone conversations, really. Um, individual telephone conversations. Yeah, yeah, just talking to talking to other people on the committee, really, just so we can sort of keep in touch and find out what's going on with each other. More, you know, more as a sort of the managers um, and secretaries. So I speak to Dave Blunt at Foxhill quite a lot and Will Kitto at St. Death's just to find out what they know and just you know keep each other keep each other in, informed of stuff that we know really. Mm. Uh, but the danger with that is Chinese whispers, isn't it? By the time absolutely, yeah. the one yeah. who started uh, talking to someone else, um, yeah. by the time it gets yeah. to the last person, it might be completely different. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I agree. I mean, we, we we can blame it on COVID as much as we like for not having meetings, but you'd like to think now that we can get back to normality and start having meetings, really. Well, even if it's an email, surely. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, it needs to be some sort of information handed out in there. 
Okay. Right. Well, that's the Sitpirin uh, East done, I think, isn't it? Yep. It is, yeah. Right. Okay. Thanks very much. <clears throat> Thanks, Dave. Yep. That's the Sitpirin uh, League East. What about the West Rappo? Uh, just the one game. Yeah, and what a game it was, Deeks, really, mate, didn't it? It affected, affected the top of the tape. Well, it didn't affect it, actually, mate, because Mauser was <laughs> Well, come on, did it or didn't it? Which is it? Yeah, but it, it, but it did, mate. It was a good day for St. Day, really, mate, without even playing Deeks, wasn't it? Because Mauser, well, they're no level on games, level on points, mate. Mauser had, had it well. They were... They were uh, they had that game in hand before kickoff, mate. They've lost that now, Dick, haven't they? And they've only got a plus two goal difference now, mate, on St. Day as well. So were they all beating Mosul development 4-3, Dicks, wasn't it? Two goals from Cameron Irish, mate, and Namus scored a few goals over the years, Dicks, haven't he? At that yeah. level. Yeah. Um Aaron <clears throat> Aaron Hicks and Callum Sidwell, mate, getting the other ones, mate. So yeah, it's throwing the lead wide open again, Deeks, with that result at Travassic Port. And, and well done to Greg's, really, Deeks, for, for getting that game on the main pitch, mate, wasn't it, really? Yes, I, I must admit, when I f- saw the result, I thought, oh, was that played on the uh, on the all-weather next, yeah. next door, but um, on the grass? And, uh, well, it, I, I mean, it, it was no surprise, actually, was it, that two of the major games played in the county on Saturday, one was at Sticker, one was at Hale, and they've got to be two of the best surfaces in the county, haven't they? Yeah, definitely agree with that, Deeks. Yeah, without a doubt, mate. But yeah, brilliant. You know, a lot of work goes into both of them pitches, mate, don't they? Brilliant. Yeah. And, uh, well, hail, hail into the top three now. So, uh, they're, yeah, they're, I was going to say that, Dick. Yeah. yeah. Hale went third with that, mate, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. So the players are doing it as well as Greg on uh, on the pitch. So that's, that's good to see. What have we got coming yeah. up um, game wise this Saturday then? Yeah, there's a few. I'm just looking here, Dick. Sorry, mate. I'm, I'm. It's reading my own writing job again. Yeah, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it was written in there. Put your glasses on. Yeah, no, mate. Yeah, I, I think I'm due for some new ones, Dick. So, yeah, I'll, I'll get that sorted, mate, in the new year. But yeah, there's some good games coming up, Dick. So, you know, Alston Perrinwell sort of. Looks a decent, you know, Paramois having a lot better season, mate. Bit of a local derby, Mullion reserves, Wendron United reserves. And obviously, well, I think the big one, Diggs, I don't know if you agree, mate. Trora City reserves against Maisel Development, probably, mate. Mm. At Tregoy. Yeah, that could Good be game, interesting. That yeah, that's right. Mm. I mentioned it to Cam that Trora have only lost one game in the league. Um, they've drawn a few too many, but um, yeah. and Maisel need to win as well now, don't they? So it should be a cracking game. Yeah, yeah, exactly, mate. That's right, mate. That that result last week's really uh, put the pressure on again, mate. And it on the top two, on the top two teams, mate. So, yeah, obviously St. Day no game, mate. So they'll be looking at that result, or I suspect a few of them might be there watching it as well, Diggs, aren't they? So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> secret uh, Torah supporters for the day. But I was going to say, Diggs, not to forget that. I'm sure you wouldn't, mate. Anyway, but that Cornwall Intermediate Cup game as well on Saturday, isn't there? At Liscord. Mm. Yeah, there's that one you've already mentioned with John, mate. Two o'clock kickoff list squad reserves against the Luggan. I think that'd be a good game, that one, mate. Yes, that's right. Um, I mean, on, on paper, you would say Luggan are favourites, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not too sure how much difference there is now in, in some of these leagues in the county. So he's called with Premier League, obviously, list squad mm. reserves against St. Pyrrhon. What what are Luggins sixth mm. in the table, aren't they? But uh, not not doing yeah. quite so well as 
the last couple of seasons, are they, Elogan? No, no, definitely not. Well, champions, didn't they, Diggs? You know, going into this season, weren't they? And mm. got off to a dreadful start, really, didn't they, Elogan? But, but yeah, they have picked up, uh, you know, recently, mate. With, well, keeper Barry Wyatt, mate, smashing in about six penalties, and he bars us, <laughs> mate, isn't he? <laughs> So if yeah. you get a penalty at Luxport, mate, you know you hope the nets are in in, the, in good uh, shape, mate. <laughs> Barry will be smashing one in, won't he? Yeah, that's a point. I don't know whether it's uh, a replay or or straight to penalties or nine or extra time or what in that yeah. competition. So uh... no, that's true, Diggs. I suppose it's a county FA competition, Diggs, isn't it? So yeah. you'd probably say extra time, wouldn't you, mate? You'd like to think. Probably with the two o'clock kickoff, I suppose. I suppose maybe that's catering for extra time, is it? Yeah, yeah. Not. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. That's no, a straight answer. No. So, so. Yeah, good point, mate. Good. I hope the ref knows, mate. Wow. Well, one. One assumes <laughs> yeah. he will, but. Um, yeah. 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 Exactly. Mate. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's uh, St. Piran League for this week uh, let's uh, fingers crossed and touch wood and whatever that uh, there will be some games um, staged this coming Saturday your Cornish let's uh, hear what happened in the women's football last Sunday with the information provided by Gary Hocking There was an almost total washout of women's football last weekend after the heavy rain, with Liscard's FA Cup second round tie being one of the victims. The tie will now be played this Sunday. If Liscard do pull off the seemingly impossible and beat Step 3 Oxford United, they now know that their reward will be a home tie against Plymouth Argyle. The only game to go ahead in the South West Regional League Western Division was Sticker's home fixture against Budley Salterton. Tory Marks led the way with two goals as Sticker ran out 6-1 winners, a victory which takes them to the top of the table with half of the season played. Sticker will hope to extend their lead this weekend as they visit bottom of the table Biddeford. The Western Division's other fixture is a mid-table clash between Saltash United and Budley Salterton at Waterways Stadium. Two games survived last weekend in the Cornwall Women's League. In Division 1, FXSU faced Codrose on the all-weather pitch at Farmouth School. FXSU have been conceding seven or eight goals a game all season, and so it proved again, with Codrose winning this one 7-1. Sunday, Codrose are on the road again, travelling to Bude, and FXSU are away at Mosul. In the other two Division 1 games, Helston host Bodmin and Saltash Borough entertain Foxhall. Last weekend's Division 2 game between St Agnes and Weybridge proved to be a classic despite the weather. St Agnes went into the game with a record of 9 wins out of 9 in all competitions, but Weybridge's record was almost as good, 7 wins and 1 draw from their 8 fixtures. The first 15 minutes went to Weybridge, who took a 2-0 lead with goals from Mia Beard and Lily Atkinson, but on 22 minutes Lila Langen pulled one back for St Agnes. The second half belonged to St Agnes though with goals from Lauren Sandland, Jordana Pardo and Millie Bust taking them to a 4-2 lead before Sonia Wallace-Fox grabbed a late consolation goal for Weybridge in added time. St Agnes now sit comfortably at the top of the table and with an away trip to Lowly Ridgeworth coming up they're expected to stay there. 
In the other Division 2 games this weekend, Callington are at home to Padstow, Ludgeford holds Penryn, Waveridge entertain Dropship and Wendron are at home to Charlestown. Yeah, thanks to Gary there as usual. Um, just to bring you the draw, quarterfinal draw for the Cornwall Women's Cup um, sponsored by MH Goals. Uh, that uh, was done by the County FA earlier this week. Um, Penryn play Liscard, AFC St Ulster home to Helston, St Agnes take on Foxhall Stars and Bobmin host the visit of Mausel. That's a quarterfinals to be played on the 5th of February. So um, quite a wait before we get to that stage, but uh, that draw was made and uh, that's the ties. Um, we're back to John again. He's coming Premier League. Well, again, John, you've got nothing to talk about. No, nothing fantastic to say other than St. Dennis and St. Blasey had a go and didn't finish. I'm not surprised. I, I was actually surprised it started, to be honest. Yeah, one of the one of the wetter areas, shall we say, <laughs> um, that struggles. They had a go anyway. Yeah. Well, again, give them credit for that. But, um, Absolutely, yeah. But, yeah, let's just hope the pitch wasn't damaged too much. So, yeah, no. so uh, no action to, to talk about. Um, Torpoint stayed top. Um and they'll be happy about that, but Foxhall Stars have got a couple of games in hand, haven't they? So um, they have, yeah, yeah. Now, are any of the top sides involved in any games this coming Saturday? Then, well, North Petherwin, Dave, are at St Blasey, um, and they could actually go top from third. Ooh, right. So Torpoint and Foxhall have got no games, but uh, North Petherwin will be dying to get their game on. I'm sure because I think they've had a couple called off, um, and go to St Blasey and get three points and go top of the league. So right. make a nice weekend for them. You make it sound uh, so easy. Just, oh, simple, just turn it? up and go top of the yeah. league. <laughs> it's a simple game to talk about. It's just when you actually do it, it is the problem. <laughs> that's right. So so that's a blaze against North Petherwin. Who else are yeah. playing them? Uh, three more games. So we've got Roach against Lou, St. Newland East against Waybridge, and St. Stephen against Newquay Academy. And as you say, no one from the top apart from North Petherwin uh, as such, so that would affect the well, it would affect the top of the table if they get three points. And there's one cup game as well, isn't there? There's the one intermediate cup quarter final game, Liscard Athletic against Illogan. What's the chances of that being on this week? Uh, fantastic chances. The weather forecast is looking far, far better than last week, so I can't see there being any rain between now and Saturday, according to the if we hope BBC Weather and the Met Office are correct. <laughs> I was going to say, you're being very brave, aren't you? Saying oh, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, no, it's looking good. I can't see any droplets anywhere, so let's hope it stays like that. Goodness me. Right. I mean, the only fear is that the it's because the ladies have got their big game on Sunday, isn't it? That's why yeah. you've got to be double cautious, haven't you? Absolutely. We've we've been instructed by uh, Liscard management to make sure that the pitch is a little bit rough for Sunday just to slow Oxford down a little bit. <laughs> yeah, good <laughs> tactics. Good tactics. Yeah. So, um, yeah, don't be too gentle with it. So, right. No, I think it just, it's a tough task at the minute to get two games on in two days at home, isn't it, with the weather? So, mm. fingers crossed we can get them both on. OK, I think that's it then, isn't it? Thanks very much. Thank you. The Rappo and Deeks Friday Fix. John there bringing us um, what he knows about the East Cornwall Premier League. So, um, Rappo, it's on to you. It's the Rappo roundup for the rest of the football in the county. Yeah, well, it's 
going to be a pretty short roundup this week, takes it obviously with last week's sort of downpours and yeah, you know the the weather. Mate, it was the whole the whole of the combination league program was wiped out. Dick. So um, I mean, obviously this Saturday, mate. Looking looking at this Saturday, there's leaders praise go to Resurgent Dicks. Um, not too many, you know, games sort of jump out. That's a two thirty kickoff. There is a battle of the Saint Sticks down at Lafroda Park, mate. St Just against the Knives. Bit of a Hemwith type of derby, isn't it? Although it's still a bit of a trip, mate, isn't it? For you know, hardly a derby, but um, but yeah, that could that could be decent, mate, because St Ives have picked up a bit of form, digs, haven't they? And St Just, you know, difficult place to go. And there is a League Cup game as well, digs, just to mention, um, with a two o'clock kickoff, mate. Wendron thirds against Ale Reserves, mate. That one, um, just the one League Cup game to go with uh, I think it's five five or six league games is it mate but but uh, but yeah so so not much to talk about combo wise mate hopefully we'll have a bit more to talk about next week Deeks but um, yeah. and, the, and the Dutch sorry Deeks can I just say with the combo that yeah. um, although they're still showing in the in the full time league table Goonhaven, um I think they've had to pull out haven't they Oh, yeah, I should have mentioned that really, Deeks. They have. Yeah, they have, mate, unfortunately, haven't they? More bad news on it, really. Yeah. So I don't Seeing know. Good... Yeah, I don't know how that affects the league table. Uh, I know that um, Paul Smith, the uh, Cornish Teddy Boy, has, has updated his Cornwall Combination league table, but obviously on the full time, it's not been adjusted for any games. Mind you, Gunavan only won one game, to be fair, but. Um, I don't know who that was yeah. against, but I'm um, just looking to see who it was. Who did they beat? Who did they beat? Any guesses? Yeah, Any guesses, Rappel? Um, come on, come on, come on. Time's running out. I'm going to go for... I, I, I can sort of remember it, Dix, but I can't. I'm going to go for... Oh, I don't know. It's, it's, gone. it's quite, an obvious, quite an obvious one, actually, I think. Oh, is it? Yeah. Who's bottom the table yeah. at the moment? Ah, right, mate. Yeah, yeah. That, I suppose that would be Ale, wouldn't it, mate? Ale reserves. Oh, no. Are they bottom? No. Well, no. Uh, Port Levin. Ah, there you go. Port Levin reserves. They, good ah, have, right. Good what score, What was the score? 5 2. Good having won that game. Oh, I wouldn't have got that one, mate. I don't think if I was here all night. Jamie no. Jamie um, Preston got a hat trick. So, um, oh, yeah. Jamie, yeah. So, Decent player, mate. Right. Decent yeah. player. Good enough to go somewhere else. Yeah, without a doubt, Deeks. Yeah, I wouldn't have thought Jamie would struggle for a club, mate, especially at that level, Deeks. Right. Not at all. No, lively, lively, mate, yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so watch out for, well, one assumes that league table will be altered in due course. But, um, yeah, not good yeah. news, though, with um, Perrin Porth dropping out of um, of their football yeah. and Goonhaven just up the road dropping out. What's going on in, no. that, in that part of the county? Yeah, that's true, Deeks. St Agnes couldn't raise a team the other week, could they? Mm, that's true. No, yeah. No. Perhaps the perhaps the players are not around that area anymore, mate. Good old uh, you know, sort of area for football that, you know, with those sort of three clubs, mate, when they're always doing doing well, mate. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I hope there's not a something going on in the water up there, Deeks, around that <laughs> way. <laughs> right. Yeah, shame to see though, Deeks, isn't it? All joking aside, mate, it's shame to see a, you know, another good, cl- you know, good old combo club sort of fallen by the wayside, isn't it, mate? Mm, really? Yeah, that's right. 
yeah, the Dutchy Premier takes on to the Dutchy. I mean, they only only two games survived. You know, last week's downpours, mate. Um, second place double reserves. They bounced back, digs from last week's disappointing result. You know, I don't know if you remember, they drew at home to bottom of the league, lost with Hill. Do you remember that one, digs last mm, week? Two yeah, all? that's right. Yeah, bit of a disappointment for for doubles, really. But they made up for it, mate, with a with a good six two win at um, third from bottom pole F, mate. Um, ben Gainer with a hat trick inside the hour mark in that one, Dix. And in the, in probably the game of the day, you know, it, it still went ahead. Um, it was 4th v 5th, mate, a 4th v 5th clash, mate. Um, and it was the away team, Boss Castle, who triumphed uh, in that one, mate, 5-3 at St. Marin. Hmm. So uh, to go level to go level with them, mate, on points with a game in hand. So so it was a good win for, for the visitors, mate, that day, wasn't it? Yeah. Not so good for St. Marin. Uh, the Saints, well, the Saints had Johnny Alderfield, mate. He, he scored a brace, but obviously counted for nothing on the on the wet day, mate, didn't it? Counted for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Johnny's brace. But um, Division 1, Dicks, they were, well, they were less luckier, really, mate. Only only managing the one fixture there, Dicks. Um, and that was where next to bottom, Lou Town Reserves, mate. They, they pulled out the result of the day, really, mate. Uh, somewhat of a shock. Really, Diggs beating um, fourth place Gunners Lake Reserves 1 0. Yeah, next to bottom, Lou, mate, on the uh, kickoff. Yeah, beating fourth place Gunners Lake uh, 1 0. Matt Julian scoring the all important winner on 60 minutes, Diggs, in that game. So, good result. A bit of a turn up. Um, uh, Division two, mate, they did manage to get a couple fixtures in, mate, uh, with leaders Grand Pound extending their gap. At the top, mate, with a, with a four nil win at next to bottom Indian Queens. Um, Sam Johnston had a brace. Dylan Fox and substitute Connor Bustle, mate, scoring the goals for Grand Pound, mate. They're having a good season. Um, and St Evel Spitfires, mate, in sixth. Uh, they were two nil down at half time, mate, to ninth placed uh, Delabo and Tintagel, mate, um, at home. As well, Deeks at home, um, but uh, but they made the second half count, Deeks, and they, and they eventually ran out four two victors, mate, in that game. So they turned it around. St. Evel Spitfires. Don't know if there was a bit of wind, mate, to go with that rain. Well, there probably uh, was. Said, I think nearly the whole county yeah. was uh, affected by that, wasn't it? So uh, yeah, yeah, exactly, mate. Yeah. So Sounds would like it, would it? you play with the wind or against the wind? First half, um, if yeah, you won would, the toss. Yeah. To be honest, Dix, I, any time, I mean, I was captain of Perrin Wild for about half a season and I've been captain here and there for like the combo under 21s and stuff under Dave, you know, Fish and that. But but I'm always one, I think, Dix. I don't know about you, mate. No, you've been captain a few times, but I'd always go with it, I think, Dix. Well, it's there, mate, wouldn't you? Because mm. I've played a lot of games, Dix, where I think, ah, oh, you know, I'll save it for the second half, and you come out, come out half time, mate, and it's gone, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's right. You're, you're six nil down, and it, and the wind has got yeah. changed direction. So <laughs> that's it, mate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, I think, yeah, I come think on, I'll we can get seven. We can get seven. Yeah. Oh no, no, the wind's turned. Yeah. Yeah, that's it, mate. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've been in that situation a full time, a few times, mate. Uh, you know, like you have probably, mate. So. Yeah, I think I tend to 
tend to go with it, mate. Well, is there, Deeks? Would you, mate? Yeah, what probably you right. I think um, yeah. I, I, it's difficult, though, isn't it? Because sometimes it can be so strong a wind that actually you, you, no one can control the ball anyway. So uh, so it's not always yeah. a gimme, is it? But um, it's probably better to try no. and get a lead, isn't it? That's the thing. Yeah. That's it, mate. Yeah, I think if you're two or three up, mate, you've got something to sort of protect, don't you, mate? And then yeah. if you can sort of get one against the win, mate, is is a is a bit of a downer for the other team, then, mate, isn't it? Really, yeah. but but yeah, yeah, I'd always sort of take that that sort of stance. I think Diggs on that one, but but yeah, it's horrible though. Nothing nothing ruins a game, Diggs, does it? Like the wind, isn't it? I could I could take the rain all day, Diggs. Can't you? Even mm. a bit of sun. You know, even if it's hot, but you know, love playing in the rain. But just that wind, mate. Just nothing ruins a game of football like that, mate. Does it? Like wind, horrible. Yeah, yeah, horrible stuff. But um, but yeah, I mean, the Trelawney Premier Digs. I mean, we, I think we had the weather down west. You know, early doors, didn't we, Digs? Last Saturday, it was a lot worse down west, and then it went up to the east, didn't Mm. it, Digs? So. So it, it was well played to Trelawney Premier League leaders West Cornwall, mate. Um, who got their game on, um, the only one in the division, Dicks. Um, and well, it was against next to bottom morning reserve sticks, but they probably wish they hadn't, really. <laughs> <laughs> To be honest, because because uh, they dropped a couple of points, Dicks, the, the leaders West no. Cornwall. Um, Next to bottom morning reserves, mate, drawing 2-2, mate. A Desmond, it was, Dicks. Mm. A Desmond at the Cornwall College there, mate. But uh, Kyle Ballard-King and Ryan Weeks, mate, for the hosts. And uh, Joe Nancaro and Harry Rogers replying for morning reserves, Dicks, who, who did strengthen their lineup a little bit, mate. I must admit, you know, obviously with all the combo being wiped out. So morning did include... First team striker Luke Wart, mate, in their starting lineup. <laughs> yeah, but uh, and he didn't score, mate. And Wart, he didn't score. <laughs> wow, that's yeah. A, that that should have made the headline rep. news. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you would have, you would have fancied him, mate, wouldn't you? But yeah. but yeah, so that's so so well done to Morden, really, mate. You know, for taking a couple of points off top of the league, West Cornwall, um, Division One digs. That was that was wiped out, mate. That was wiped out for the day, mate. Um, with Division Two getting just the one game on, mate, um, and it was a, and it was a local derby as well, Dicks. It was uh, at that, mate. You know, with mid a couple of mid-table teams, mate. Tregony against Probus, Dicks, which is mm. which is always an interesting battle up that way, Dicks. On Tregony's interesting pitch as well, mate. Have you seen <laughs> Tregony's pitch? You no. think his pitch? Teams, uh, no, where where do they actually play? Do, are they still yeah. playing in the school or somewhere else? Yeah, just up the road from there, mate. It's a nice little setup there, Dicks. Really nice changing rooms and a, a little clubhouse, mate. They've got their own clubhouse there, and um, but the pitch is quite interesting, mate. I've, I've only played there once, but it's a sort of it's sort of flat to the halfway line and then there's a bit of a slope mate. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to explain yeah it's hard to explain really mate but not the easiest pitch well a decent pitch if you're the host I would have thought mate you know one of those a bit like Parham Wild Deeks, you know one of them pitches you oh, get used to right. if you play for them yeah yeah. So um yeah, n- never never an easy place to go for a visiting team, I don't think, Dicks. But um but yeah, but two mid table teams, mate, local Derby, um, and it ended up honours even, Dicks two two. So, oh, fair so enough. you know. 
Yeah, exactly, mate. You know, I'm sure everyone had a pint in their nice club after me. <laughs> ben Daniel and Jordan Rogers had the Provis goal sticks. Um, not, not sure who had the Tregony goals, mate. No info for that. Mm-hmm. But uh, and, and Division 3, Deeks, that was another league completely washed out, mate. Um, along with Division 4, Deeks. So oh, as the pitches. Yeah, yeah. So virtually three divisions out of the five were, were wiped out, Deeks. I mean, I know as we just said, mate, the, the pitches down west took a right old battering, Deeks, didn't they? Early doors. So, you know, you know, hopefully hope for better news this week, mate, like we said. But but I think it was in a good way, Deeks, I suppose, you know, at least down west that everyone knew the games would be off quite early, didn't they, with yeah. the weather. With So um, I suppose that's the one advantage, mate. But but I thought it might be, Deeks, uh, uh, with the lack of sort of a roundup, Deeks, it might be might be a good time to just look at the top scorer in each division, All mate, right. so far. Yeah. Yeah, thought it might be a good time. Um, we'll start off with the Dutchy Premier, mate. <clears throat> we got Scott Daly from Mavagizzi on 10. Um, he's top scorer in the Premier. Division 1, mate. Well, lad JC will probably know well, mate. Um, St. Clair, Liam Donaghy, mate. He's got 16 goals. Mm-hmm. And in Division 2, mate, ironically, 16 goals as well, mate. Connor Bone of Land Ref. Mm. So... Top scores in the Dutchy Deeks. Um, in the Trelawney Premier, mate, not too many goals, really, in, in that league, mate, going around, mate. James Petty, um, Redruth United Reserves on eight Deeks. He's top with eight. So um, that one's up for grab. And obviously, Division One Deeks, I think you're going to probably guess who's top scorer in Division One, mate, aren't you? If you can remember that Newland non Atletico striker, mate. Jack. No. Yeah, that's it, mate. I forget on, his surname. Lidicote? No. Uh, well done. Yeah. yeah, well done, mate. Well done. Yeah, unbelievable tally, Dix. He's on 30 goals from 11 games he's on. 30? So, Blimey. 30, mate, already, yeah. So, great, great season for Jack, mate. He's, he's almost got one boot on the trophy, hasn't he, mate? One golden <laughs> <Yeah>. boot. <laughs> he's got his left foot wrapped around the trophy, mate, hasn't he? Are, but, those, uh, are those all league goals? Or, or... Yeah, I'm assuming so, mate. I'm not I'm not sure. Do they, or do they count the divisional cup goals in that as yeah. well? Dick? Mind do you, they, they haven't played many football cup football games, football? have they? In, uh, nah, the only nah. reason I ask, that if he scored 30, <laughs> there's only one yeah. team other than themselves, that have actually scored more than 30 it's all season. And that's New in Titans, who are top. No one else... Yeah, exactly. Oh, no, sorry, Paramount Reserves have got 33. Oh, but, oh yeah, uh, Paramount Reserves, yeah. But, yeah, so that's some going, isn't it? 30 goals, so... Uh, yeah, they scored 49 digs, aren't yeah, they, in the league? That's right. Yeah. So I was, I was actually looking at that, mate. I thought he scored... Because I always think of that season I had at Weybridge, right? Like, but... You know, I think I had like 46 and the next top scorer was five. So, you know, I don't know. I think I think Nanny had five, mate. But, you know, it's brilliant for me, obviously, mate. You know, the sort of JP and Blackie sort of built the team around me, mate. It was lovely for me. I didn't really have to run that far. But but I don't know if it's a good thing, mate, as a as a team. Do you, Deeks? Is that, I think it's always nice if you've got a midfielder banging in 15 or a centre-half scoring yeah. sort of eight or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if it's, it's a good thing. I know really to, to rely on one person, but well, it's that, nice for that person, Dick, isn't it? If yeah, they stay injured. It, well, that's right. Yeah. And um, the next uh, next to him for for that team is seven. Andrew Palmer has got seven. So um, um, Yeah, exactly, mate. So, 
yeah, they got sort of Oak Jack stays fit, mate, aren't they really and available? Yeah. Do really? we know? Do we know what sort of uh, player Jack is? Is he tall, no. small, big? Yeah, small, thin? I don't. I don't we think. Don't. Yeah, I got. To, I got. I got to watch him this season, mate. I got to make up my mind to. To, to watch him, mate, I think. Because I always like to, you know, strike a score in that many goal sticks. You know, I, I feel like I should know something about him, mate, you know. So, right. so it's like Geordie Wilmot, mate, you know, who's banging in all them goals from Lampier. I remember Geordie playing a bit at South Western earlier in his career, Diggs, but I couldn't remember what sort of striker he was, really, mate. And then I went to watch Lampier in one game, mate. And, um, I can't remember who it was now, mate. I think they was playing like the bottom team. And, and Geordie scored six in the first half, mate. And I thought, <laughs> I, I, I know what he's all about now, mate. Like, yeah, you know, I think right. they was nine nil up half tight. Yeah. So, and then I think I went and watched St. Dennis, I think, mate, after that. I left at half time. Seen enough. Seen enough. Yeah, exactly, mate. Yeah. But like you say, it's nice to sort of like uh, put a, a face or a. Like you say, mate, I don't know if he's short, tall, you know, yeah. stocky, strong, you know, like skillful. Yeah, young, I'm gonna have to young, old. We don't exactly. know. Do we? Young, old. No, no. I'm gonna have to watch him play, mate, some stage this season, Dicks, and I'll and I'll come back, mate. I'll come back with a progress report, mate. Yeah. A scouting report, Dicks. In the meantime, report. I might ask one of my spies down in West Cornwall to um, give me the lowdown on yeah. it. So uh, yeah, you've got a few contacts down that way, mate, haven't you? Yeah, well, so, all over Cornwall, mate. You, you have, mate. But. Interested <laughs> to know what the what Jack Lydico is um, is yeah. uh, is up to. Yeah, so let's yeah, would be look certainly at, impressive. Look, though, isn't yeah, it? <laughs> look out, Jack. So uh, yeah, yeah. If you see a bloke there on Saturday with a long black coat on <laughs> and, a, and a and a pin board, mate, or whatever. No, what's you got? Clipboard, mate, isn't it? Yeah. Clipboard. And a, and, yeah. a, and a moustache and dark glasses and a hat. Yeah, yeah that's it, mate. Yeah, that's it, mate. One of them joke noses and glasses <laughs> on, mate. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you'll know he's there watching him, mate, won't he? But yeah, uh, but yeah certainly impressive, Diggs. You know, in the whole of the county, mate, I think Jack's as sharp as sort of uh, striker in junior football yeah. at the minute, mate. Got to be. Yeah, Gotta be. yeah, I think so, mate. I think so, Deke. Um, Division two, Deeks is a is a Kararic striker, mate. Um, we spoke to him a couple of weeks ago, Deeks. You did have a nice interview with him. Yeah, Danny Ford. Danny mate. Ford. Yeah. yeah so. Danny, seventeen, mate. Seventeen in about nine games, I think. Um, uh, Division three, famous name, Deeks in football down here, mate. Ben Kello Ooh. from Dropship. Yeah. Yeah. Um, eighteen goals, mate, for Ben. In Division Three and Division Four, Dix, there's, there's actually three players sharing the the lead, mate, on twelve goals oh, really? on a dozen goals each year. Is uh, Mark Kent and Liam Dent? <laughs> Kent and Dent, mate. <laughs> Come on, that's Kent not for real, surely. Yeah, yeah, Kent and Dent, mate, from Penryn, <laughs> doing the business, mate, on the. Uh, on twelve each, mate, and and I'm surprised at this one, Deeks, but Colin Manley, mate, from Storm Deeks. Oh Storm. right, yeah. How many is that? How many has he got? Yeah, he's got twelve, mate. 12. Yeah, all three of them on twelve. Yeah. So I thought it's not because Storm got. I've had a bit. Well, they've had a couple of whippings, mate, haven't they? Yeah. Lately. Yeah. So I thought that was nice to to see one of them strike. I mean, trying to look here now. I mean, they are sixth Deeks in the league. Mid-table storm, you know, played eight, won three, drew none, lost five, 21 goals, 34 against, minus 13. So they're doing all right, Dicks. You know, they're not, you know, a lot better than 
they had in sort of previous seasons, mate, haven't they? Really? Yeah. So, but he, he's doing well, though, isn't he? He's, you know, he's got the, the majority of Storm's goals. So um, another man that's, uh, you know, vital to the team. Yeah, yeah, exactly, Deeks. You know, the same sort of way as, uh, as, as like, he's probably just as important to them as Jack Lidico is to yeah. Newland Athletic, isn't he? Yeah. 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 yeah, 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 you're quite right, mate. I think the next Storm goal scorer I can see, mate, is in. 20th mate Mark Fuller he's mm. got three digs so mm. so yeah so like you say mate you know Colin's banging in a few goals there yeah. he good on him it's um, good on him. it's good job Darren Bent doesn't play for Penryn as well isn't it <laughs> yeah it is mate isn't it <laughs> yeah Ben Dent and Kent mate that'd be <laughs> yeah, that'd be some forward line mate wouldn't it <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah but uh, yeah well Apologies, Deeks, but I think that's it, mate, for this weekend, mate. Not much of a roundup, but but um, that's that's what it was, Deeks, because of the Evans Open, mate, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> that's right, that's right. But it's uh, it's as we said at the the top of the program, it's uh, given us a chance to talk a bit more detail to the likes of Phil and John Colenso, who's been a roving reporter this week, and uh, Cam brought us up to date with Truro City and yourself. You've been able to relax and just go with the flow with the roundup yeah. and uh, not have to make sure you get s- quite so many facts and figures in but uh, but so it's all good stuff and um, well I suppose the question is where well I'm assuming you're watching Newquay Saturday are you? Yeah I think so Deach yeah hopefully they'll have a bit more luck against Bude than they had against Stockballs hopefully mate so yeah I think it, it's got the makings of a a good game, I think, that one, Dick's Nuki Bude. What, what about yourself, mate? What about yourself? Well, I, I was sort of thinking about that game myself, to be honest. Or, uh, yeah. I'm again, I'm, I'm undecided. It's awfully undecided these days. I mean, I quite fancied 12 point against Falmouth, to be fair, in the Western League. Yeah. But, um, uh, yeah. And then I also thought Dob Wars against Timoth, the uh, yeah. in, inter-league cup game. So yeah. I was just going to say that one, Deeks, you know, one of your old clubs as well, wasn't it, Dob Wars? I was just going to say that. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah I, like, I like watching the sort of different, you know, East against West, like Deeks, to see how they compare, don't you? I like mm, them games. Yeah. So yeah. I wonder if Timoth, uh, Timoth, I wonder where they play in Timoth, because... Um, oh, it's a good pitch, Dix. It's lovely. Um, well, Phil will tell you more about it, mate. But I've been there a couple of times, mate, and and it's like it's in the. I think it's cool. Is it called Coombe Valley? Is it, mate? Yeah, Timber Spit. Could be. Could be. Um, that rings a bell. But, yeah, it's right in the valley, mate. <laughs> so you know, surprisingly enough, but but it's you, you sort of. Uh, Last time I went there, mate, I th- well, I think Jack was about 16 digs playing for Weybridge. Uh, Jack and Ryan, it was, mate, and we took them up there, got there early, and they, you know, had a lovely, like, cup of tea. They do little buns up there, mate, lovely little tea up. You can sit in digs. It was a lovely day. Um, and they got, like, seating, sort of, there's there's no roof, mate, on the stand sort of thing. There is behind the goal, but they got, like, seating down one side of the ground, and you, you're looking at the pitch, Deeks, and it's sort of dug into, it's a bit like, if you can imagine, Nan P and Deeks, but, oh, yeah. but, but with the, yeah, with the, like, far edge, it's like, just like, houses, as far as you can see, going up. It's like, it's, yeah, it's, it's a real nice, um, it's a real nice view, mate. Phil probably explain it better to you than me, mate, but, but it is a nice little uh, venue, mate, for yeah, for mm-hmm. a game of football. Yeah. So yeah, and, and 
they're doing all right, Diggs, aren't they? I think they're ninth, didn't they, after promotion and dog wall seventh, mate, aren't they? Yeah, so, that's right. So, um, yeah, because yeah, obviously Timoth um, came up from, uh, I'm not sure, South Devon League, perhaps? I don't know. Don't know what the league yeah. they were in, but they were newly uh, new new team into the peninsula, aren't they? So, uh, so they that's right. They travelled to Dobbles for um, for Saturday's cup game, and you're dead right. Coombe Lane is the address. Coombe Lane, that's yeah. It, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's lovely, Dick. Nice, but yeah, you should you should watch a game out there sometime. Because they used it, to be in the place, south. Yeah. They were in the southwestern league, weren't they, for a short while? Yeah. I'm, yeah, I, I remember think that was what that think, six seasons ago was it a watch oh, that game? No, so, yeah. Southwestern, longer than that. Um, oh, the old the Southwestern, old Southwestern, mate. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, mate. Yeah, they were, weren't they? Yeah, yeah played up there actually. Tanuki Dicks, yeah. They yeah, well, were. that's that's, that's right. right. I I played up there. Well, presumably it's for true, but um, I can't. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not totally sure that I can remember the pitch. So that's why I asked whether it's. Where it was, sort of yeah. Thing. But um, yeah. So yeah, Timoth. But anyway, they haven't got to worry because they're actually at Dobbles, aren't they? They're not home. So, um, so. no, no, that's right. <laughs> so I don't. No, don't that's true. Mate. Yeah, but yeah. um, yeah. So uh, and also good luck to Liscard Ladies on Sunday. They uh, yeah. obviously got big FA Cup game against uh, Oxford, haven't they? So um, yeah, I think they'll have their. They work cut out on that one, but uh, you never know. Yeah. FA Cup and all that no. sort of thing. Exactly, Deeks. Yeah, yeah. Remember, uh, remember, Formouth Town had a big uh, FA Cup day against Oxford United, didn't they? Many <laughs> yeah, years that's, ago. That's true. <laughs> I don't yeah. know if we can compare it to that, like, but <laughs> no. But no, cer- certainly good luck to the ladies, though, Deeks. Shouldn't it be well? Be fantastic, wouldn't it, mate? If they could win, mate. You know, but financially as well as you know, as a, you know, as yeah. a. A bit of a fillet for the club as well, mate, wouldn't it? So good yeah. luck to him, mate. Yeah, yeah. good right. luck to him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So uh, I think that's it for this week. Just to remind everyone, next week we've got Simon Long on the yeah. on the podcast, uh, assistant referee for the Premier League. Be interesting to uh, to hear if he's had his feet up for the last few weeks, wouldn't it? Or whether he's been yeah. refereeing anywhere. But um, that's true, mate. Brilliant, really, like, mate, isn't it? So, you know, Simon's sort of like one week he's sort of running a line at the Emirates, mate, and next week he's sort of running around dodgeballs in the middle, isn't he? <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's, it's a bit mental, really, Dix, isn't it, when you think about it? Like, yeah, but it's good, isn't it? It's good yeah. that he, he can, yeah. he's uh, prepared to do that. So, uh, so that's yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. So we'll yeah. be finding out more about Simon and, and how he got to be where he is today. And um, he's giving us, uh, uh, he's also quite closely connected with the setup down here in Cornwall as well, the Referees Association. So he'll bring us, uh, uh, tell us a bit more about that. So that's something to look forward to. If uh, any manager yeah. or player out there sees his phone ringing and it's me, you know that um, the podcast is back taking interviews from next week onwards. So uh, We've had a bit of a rest because of the World Cup, but uh, we're back in the action next week. From the Southern League to the Trelawney, we've got you covered. Hold on, mate. With a scoop, Diggs, with a scoop. With a scoop? With a scoop. But the I... Premier League. <laughs> ah, yeah. right, yes. I thought you, you were suggesting I've got a dog or something like that. But, uh... <laughs> yeah. See, talking to that, Diggs, Snoop, see Snoop Dogg, mate, manager of Cameroon the other night. <laughs> yes. <on> the... <laughs> Yeah, he's a talented man, isn't he? Oh, Snoop. 
Yeah. Let's finish about the World Cup then. As you're talking yeah. about it, who's going to win it? Now that we've seen well, everyone. I know, Teeks. I, I still, nobody's like really jumped out of here, have they? Nobody's been like really, impre- you know, took your breath away and you think, crikey, you know, they're really impressed. I've got to be honest, mate. I went for an Argentina-France final before the, you know, I went through the wall yeah. chart, mate, worked, worked it all out, but not too sure about that now, mate, looking at looking at the orgies, mate, but, you know, Brazil look a bit more impressive than them and they're due to meet in the semi-sticks. Oh, the only thing is, mm. mate, yeah, we got France, aren't we, in the quarters if we beat Senegal and mm. France beat Poland. So, yeah, I don't know, mate. I don't know if that's a 60-40 game, you know, for France, really, that one. But love to see it. You know, I think if we can do France, Deeks, you know, I don't know, mate. You know, it's momentum, isn't it, these World Cup tournaments, Deeks, sometimes, isn't it? It's mm. the team that it's a little bit of form at the right time, isn't it, mate, really? Kane but no could, one's really... Kane could come yeah. to life, couldn't he? Exactly, he's had a rest, hasn't he, so far? So, <laughs> so nah, nah, he's, he's still playing well. He's still class, Deeks, isn't he, Harry, mate? You know, them them goals. I mean, they say that, Deeks, don't they? Sometimes the best crosser of the ball is the striker because yeah. he knows exactly where to put it, mate, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, that's true. You know, I remember, remember, yeah, yeah, exactly. Remember Alan Shearer, Deeks? Mm. He was hell of a crosser of the ball, wasn't he, Shearer, mate? But I think he's, you know, that, that season he had with Les Ferdinand at Newcastle, I remember Shearer, you know, crossing five or six in for for Les mate to add in, but but yeah, I suppose you know where you want the ball, Deeks, don't you? As a striker, you know where you want it, sort of whipped in near post or or sort of stood up to the far post or whatever. But but no, nah, I don't know, Deeks. I I don't know who would you go for if you had to pick one team out of what you've seen so far. I I really can't pick one team at the minute, mate. Nobody's really stood out for me. No, I, I guess the obvious one would be France, wouldn't it? But um... Uh, yeah, I just, just you know, fingers crossed that um, England will sort of carry on. I don't know why they're getting so much stick, to be honest. Well, no, exactly, mate. Seven points, you know, two wins and a draw from your group games. You, you'd have, you'd have taken that, Deeks, wouldn't you, before yeah. the tournament, wouldn't you? People moan about you know the tactics and all that, but um, it's no different from a lot of the other teams. You know, they all go through spells yeah. in a game where they're just passing it around and and being yeah. patient and waiting for the opposition to come out a little bit. Southgate, is I don't know what he's got to do to win people around, to be honest. No. On the same dates, I'm, I'm, I'm exactly the same as you, mate. I think he's done a brilliant... If you look at his, what he's done, Dick, so what's he been there now? When did we have that crap Euro? 16, mate, wasn't it? Two, mm. Hodgson, wasn't it? 2016, we went out in the group, didn't we? Rubbish or... Well, we lost to Iceland, didn't we, mate? Was that a knockout game or in the group? But but since Safegate's come in, mate, I think he's done a really good job, mate, didn't you? Yeah. To be honest. Yeah. You know, semi, what do people want, mate? You know, we got to the semi-finals of the World Cup and the finals of the Euros. So <laughs> you can do a lot better than that, can you, really? <laughs> no, that's right. <laughs> to be honest. No. What does people want? Yeah. But there we go. Yeah. That's, that's what yeah. it's all about. Um, Anyway, that's um, for another day World Cup. We'll uh, yeah. we'll mention it again next week. And um, in the meantime, Rabo, let's uh, well we've got to get ready for the next game. Who's the next game on the tally? We're, we're talking earlier today so that we can watch the the football on tally. Who, who what are the games coming up this afternoon? Yeah, who's, who's playing today? I'll tell you what, mate. My mind's gone, mate. With the well, you got a war chart there. 
Yeah, I know, mate. Viv asked me this question yesterday, and she goes, "Oh, who's on today?" And I, I couldn't think, mate. I honestly <laughs> couldn't think he was playing. I've watched, I've, I've watched that much football, mate. I'm virtually like overdosed on it, but <laughs> loving it, mate. But no, um, it's just come to me, mate. It, it's um, the, the two games today, Deeks, are Croatia, Belgium. I think that's the one. Ooh, oh, I'll yeah, be that's going to be interesting, could not it? Yeah. Belgium, they've been the flop yeah. of the tournament so far, haven't they? They have, mate. They they could easily go out, mate, today, I reckon, don't you? The yeah. way they've played before. Yeah. But yeah, the other games, Canada, Morocco, Deeks, so... I think Croatia, Belgium's definitely the one to watch in a minute, isn't it? Yeah, but, that's right. And, and yeah, tonight, Dicks, you got, well, Costa Rica, Germany, or Japan and Spain. So I think I might go for Japan, Spain. And um, mm. I think Germany will beat Costa Rica, don't you? The Germans will squeeze through, wouldn't they? They'll squeeze through somehow, wouldn't yeah, they? Yeah, you would expect them to do yeah. so, wouldn't you? But, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, we'll see. It's a funny old game, yeah. isn't it? It is, mate. Yeah, it was good to see Japan beat Germany, mate, wasn't it? And, well, Saudi Arabia beat Argentina. And we've, we've had some, some weird old results, Deeks, haven't we? So, yeah. yeah, never know, mate, dear. Never know. You never know, that's for sure. <laughs> right. So, what we do know is that we will be back in some days' time. That's it, mate. Speak to you then, Deeks. If, if not before, mate. If not at Mount Wise, mate. Yeah, that's right. I'll speak to you next week. Okay, thanks very much. And uh, everyone out there, enjoy your football. Yeah, cheers, Deeks. Enjoy enjoy your weekend, everyone, and the World Cup, and your, more importantly, local Cornish football, Deeks, isn't it? Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. Cornish 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 Cornish